0: Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts, anything is possible this is your adventure podcast and this is Dustin Emery hey
1: guys and welcome to your adventure podcast episode 40 part 2 enjoy the second half
2: but smiles on the bottom of bellies of planes Now mm-hmm. I know that's an I understand that's a prime plane and I can mm-hmm. see, the, see the, the markings The belly, yeah And between that and military planes I either see the big ones with the You know, the elevated tail with the You know, the really big ones And the more sleeker ones But I know they're always flying around But yes, I see in a, a large amount of prime planes Because to me, which makes sense is march airbase opened up for their planes to fly probably in exchange of profit to see yeah, it, like 100%. i will i will allow you to fly off my airbase in exchange for money you know
3: bro you know what's crazy so brandon oh, okay cause hold on because you, you on. live real close <clears throat> here we go do you ever see real quick do you ever see out of march airbase or around march airbase do you ever, in the mornings because in the morning, dude. I see something that looks like the North Star every single morning that is not north. So and I, it is so fucking bright that I'm like, there's no way that's a star. It's too low. But it's not moving like a plane that's coming into flight. Before you get crazy, look at paddle. that
1: look at that article title. On the on the uh, on the um, That would make whatever sense. Whatever it's called. That would make sense. Amazon remember.
3: Air cleared for five cargo flights it's a, a day. day.
1: For March Air Reserve I, Base. And I, now, obviously, we all live in an empire, so we know where the March Air Reserve Base is. Um, yeah, I mean,
3: shit. Bur- Barack Obama has flown into March Air Base. Yeah, yeah. And Jonathan I, in I would say most, it's been
2: used for many multiple. Uh, well, maybe uh, I've heard it been used in the Transformer films, too. hundred, Yeah,
1: time. 100%. It has. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because, like, like you know, really,
2: we're in a hot spot, bro. We're in a hot spot of, like, military. We're, we're in a hotbed of, at least in the Air Force Base uh, technology. I haven't yeah, seen, yeah. I know, Drones, I know everything. 29 palms, I think is the army and Marines base yeah. where they test their stuff. They test a lot of stuff, but I know for, I, I haven't seen what you're uh, relating to about, you know, what you see over air base. Cause you are closer to them. So you see more. I'm a, very close. I don't get an actual like visual, uh, reconnaissance of March air base from when I'm driving. But what I've noticed one day when I was leaving um, Sprouts, and I looked up into the sky, because it's
3: early morning when you leave Sprouts. It,
2: it was three o'clock in the morning. I remember, and I looked up into the sky, and I thought to myself, "Wow, what a pretty sky!" And then what I see at the corner of my eye, I, and in between these clouds and this moon, was this perfect stream, uh, just one jetliner doing his thing up there. But it was a perfect, and you see that shit. It just, was a perfect stream, and I said, "That looks." interesting to me i took a picture of it i meant to show it to you the other day but i took a picture of and i tracked it and it was just flying right overhead but i said wow that's a weird time and it didn't really look like a passenger plane from my point of view it didn't look like one because normally you can kind of tell it looks like
3: southwest it looked like a little fucking aircraft it just looked
2: like a normal aircraft gray and just just traveling through the sky, dropping these, you know, just dropping a, a steady stream gels. of clown yeah. uh, of clouds. Sorry, not clowns, clouds. And I was like, Ah, oh, man! I took a picture. And I was like, Andy would enjoy this.
1: Here we go. Okay, so so I I, I guess I can see why this. I I know. I wish you could read a Best little bit clearer. Of okay, so <clears throat> the thing about the Amazon, or I'm sorry, yeah, this the Amazon incredible. March Airbase. Is, I can see why they kind of made the deal. Um, I, I'm just gonna read you know a quote from the article and you know um, let's hear it said Amazon is merino Valley's largest private employer and they are a major tenant for the air reserve base as well uh, allowing them to have their cargo ability encourages Amazon's continuing investment so for Amazon, It makes sense for them to invest and to actually use the AirBase because in turn... It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's it's available. It might be military, but in the end, it's going to obviously profit and benefit Amazon.
3: Do you realize that Amazon was set up initially as a, a militant source of goods?
1: Now I'm just I'm saying just because it has look, to be an open mind conversations they, they, we still haven't been able to find facts. That
3: okay, that's true. Okay. No, 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 it is though. They say, Wait. bro, they look, if you look deep enough in fucking duckduckgo, you will find
0: where Give me even to Jeff in.
3: Bezos. I know, bro, it's hard, but you got to do so much what. research, bro. They they make it hard for a reason.
2: Well, what I've always found mysterious about Marjorie Brace. And now that I've been enlightened more about certain aviation military technology, like drones and stuff like that. of that nature, is occasionally you'll you'll be able to spot around March Air Base some drones flying, and it <laughs> and it's always. Uh, it's always uh, man. You sound you, man. that should taste so good. There's uh, a <laughs>
1: <laughs> Andy. You're like you seem like you're drunk as fuck, but we'll keep going.
2: Well, what well, my point is, is like it, right. it, it's fascinating to see because I can build into this. It's like there's been multiple times where I've seen drones flying, and it's fascinating to see because like you don't hear them, you see this very clandestine gray figure out in the almost distance. almost
3: flying like it's not. It's like not it's,
2: man-made. I, obviously, you can tell it's not piloted by a man. No, a hundred percent. It's slowly doing its thing, and you can tell. It's like a UAV, bro. You can tell it's a predator by the by the legs that stick out. Because I don't 100%. think I don't think they retract, as far as my knowledge is. But I know they have predators and reapers, and I've both seen them both. Reaper Jones are the bigger ones that have, can carry yeah. bigger payloads. Yeah. And I find it fascinating, I said, Wow, there's one of those machines that I've heard repeatedly where they just fly over the station, (laughs) wherever the combat station is, and they just able to provide lethality on another scale and you can't even detect it's there. And my point is one day I remember it was a cloudy overcast day. I'm cruising, I'm just sitting on my porch just doing, you know, just chilling in the morning. (sighs) and i hear these beautiful screaming just coming across the sky just just those
3: and you know it's a, you know what well, it is well I, by I, sound
2: Sometimes, well cuz i know they have about 4 F16s stationed in hangars on, and you can see them from there. from the freeway yeah. from the freeway you uh, you know if you can spot out a jet it's pretty simple they have two small hangars and they have two parked F16s in there and then they have two more on the outside recently and then one day i was watching on overcast day i heard this screaming and i looked outside on my porch, and I see these, like I want to say about three or two beautiful F twenty two Raptors screaming through the clouds, and I said, "That's a lot of money flying through the sky." Because that's hundred percent. Because I know what they cost. No, fly for nothing. But it's it's crazy to think because it's like, I'm, I understand they're probably doing they're doing exercises where they're doing drills but it's fascinating to see one of those high caliber aviation military weapons flying through the sky cuz you know you don't have to take you long to google how much does an F-22 yeah. Raptor cost yeah it's upwards to like probably 15 to 20 million a piece and it's fascinating to see cuz it's like what are they what are they thinking what are they doing what's what's their purpose of flying these right now so it always mm. makes me wonder I mean, I don't really try to dig <clears throat> dig deep into it, but it makes me wonder, like, what is the parameters of mm-hmm. uh, having these boys fly these F-22 Raptors? Where Where is their route? What's the, What are they doing? I'm just so curious because it's like I know they wouldn't be flying those unless it was a specific reason where, you know, they're doing exercises or they're practicing maybe some military um, exercises. Mm-hmm. And I just find it so fascinating because I know there's a lot, at least in my personal experience, it seems like there's a lot more um, maybe resources being maneuvered where you see the Reapers, you see the Predators. Now you're seeing high-class fighter jets flying over versus an F-16. That's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just find it fascinating because those boys seem to be flying all the time out with their big c-17s or or whatever they're called you know the big ones and it's just like i understand that's a transport transport plane but when i see jet fighters flying over i always get curious because i know what lethality they're able to deal i know what i know the capabilities they're able to dish out and i always find that fascinating because it makes me wonder Especially with the new stuff going on with Ukraine, like it makes me wonder what's really gonna happen in the next couple years. Are we gonna see another future war? Are we gonna go? Are we gonna? Because someone explained to me that war is expensive, and
1: I didn't really. But it also boosts the economy. Weirdly, (laughs) one hundred
2: percent. Well, I just didn't understand when W two when you're kicking off and they finally attacked Pearl Harbor. Mm And now it's like, okay, personal attack, F you, we're going to go after you. So we don't really understand, you know, we could be working out wherever. And the next thing you know, if we truly get into a wartime conflict, what was explained to me is that now you're going to be working at i don't know a bomb factory like the you know rosie riveter gal who's on the poster we can do it
1: i was gonna say it's gonna go back to the old days it's gonna it might go back
2: to the old days and now you're gonna be pumping out bombs you're gonna be pumping out bullets you're gonna be pumping out something else to support the boys on the front line Mm -hmm. and we as a as a young young men in here in this group we've never really seen the repercussions of Great, we're in war now. You now yeah. have to work at this factory to supply mm-hmm. food, whatever resources. Or even get drafted. Get bro. drafted. You know, I've thought about that. I, I said, can't even
3: imagine getting drafted. That's you, weird. You, it's... you realize if there was a draft, we'd be all of us. Well, actually, I got asthma. I don't. No, think I, I don't, I don't think know because there's weird it would depend. There's it weird, weird. There's weird, weird, there's weird it would, rules it would for it
1: because. I think at a, at some point you get too old to be drafted or even be able to sign up for the military. Like even if you wanted to voluntarily. I think you're too old at a certain point, but I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But it
3: dep- it if depends it came on down branch. to it, they dude They would take if, anybody. If shit went down right now.
1: Like, oh, so, you're talking about like the. I don't know if anybody's seen it. I've seen it, but the Amazon Prime movie, Tomorrow War, with Chris Pratt.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So the, that would happen, yeah, bro. So, so to, we would all get drafted. Okay, so to chime
1: in, Brandon, because he definitely That's looks like. That's a great movie. He, yeah. So, I he love definitely that movie. looks like you haven't seen that movie, right?
2: I have not seen that movie. Dude, Dude, you it, should watch the it's Tomorrow a, War. It's a it's pretty, pretty good movie. Okay. <laughs> it is. Um, On Netflix? Right,
1: I, I love scientific, like futuristic movies. So I it, do too. It, yeah, so do I. It's a great movie, um, but basically the concept kind of ties into what we're talking about. So basically they find out that there's going to be a war in the future, right? So they take basically everybody. Like, they draft everybody. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, any diseases, whatever. Like, they draft everybody people, to basically fight this future may, war yeah. that's going to end the world in the future. Now, that's, that's crazy people, to even people, think about. It's but people yeah.
3: coming from the future saying, look, we'll y'all, we're going to be in a war. And and we need everybody because the world's about to end.
2: Now, now I don't uh, in that reality. And then I... they
3: start re- they start recruiting people based on if you're gonna die or not. And they're like, oh, if, if you're gonna die in like three years, okay, you're in the fucking battle. And Chris Pratt in that movie, he's already a, a military veteran, and he just got denied like some research program and And then, out of nowhere, people from the future come, and they're like, "It's like the Super Bowl or some shit, and people from the future land in and they're like, "There's a war going on in the future, and right now we need people to re- recruit it because this war is like detrimental to the the world's the, the earth all well, human species well, really
2: I mean, I, I
3: well the way they were equating it to me who i forget who
2: was who was teaching me about wars is is a uh, it's very expensive I, I really didn't grasp it at the point cuz to me it seems like well we're spending billions on defense which makes sense um but at the same time if if a real catastrophic event were to happen where well, we need to enact a draft i think it would be interesting to see what would really happen? Because yeah,
3: I don't. Would think it be chaos or
2: well, yeah? Because uh-huh. then you don't have people. I would say, at least in California, Southern being California, rational. Southern California, being able to accept you are going to fight for your country, whether you like it or not. And I think that's what we had. um Jocko on um, Jocko's podcast had a great episode on about um, draft dodgers. And and the and the lengths they would go through to dodge the draft. And in, in my in my own experience, my father was able to dodge it because he was already in college and proceeding with his classes. Yeah. And because I'm always so curious because the Vietnam War is so interesting to me because because cult- that's recent because yeah, it's re it's recent and it's it's before you have the big machine before going into the desert warfare climate. And I'm always so curious because. For me, the 70s is such an interesting little decade of culture, of resistance, of wartime. There was
3: the hippie movement. Scarcity.
2: Yeah. You had the missile crisis looming around the corner. You had young men going overseas to fight for really, they don't know what for. 100%. For some yeah. time. Sometimes they would just say, hey, it's my time to fight. I'm going to fight. And I think... Today, if you tried to enact that, I think you would have a majority understand. Okay, this is what my country's understanding, you know, wants from me, and I think that's very good in the sense, you know, like that famous quote. I think it was JFK. Like, don't ask for what you can do for your country, or, or uh, what is it? Um, 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 let
1: me. Uh, <coughs> don't ask what uh, your, your country, country can, can do, do for, you, for you. Ask for what you can do for your country.
2: Exactly, yeah. and I think that I think we've kind of lost that sense. Because in a sense, there's living here is very freeing compared to others. And I think people misunderstand that point. Of course, we're not perfect. I'm not saying the United States isn't a perfect nation. Of course not. But I'm just saying, in the long run, if you thought that way, it'd be interesting to see what you could come out or what can come out from that. But I would say in the terms of military point, it'd be interesting to see how many citizens would be willing to succumb and understand this is what I have to do. My country's relying on me to defend this place. And I think as young men, it'd be very interesting to say if we got a letter in tomorrow or just a headline saying be aware of a draft in the next week, it'd be interesting to see how people would react to that. Because as a high schooler, you had to sign that. You know what's funny about that? It's like male. the
3: movie with the with Red Dawn, bro. With Red Dawn, oh, yeah. That's they'd a that movie's crazy. It'd be bro. interesting to see going, the teacher going outside. Like, hold on, what's going on? You know, what, lit up You know what's
1: interesting in the about students? your draft point though is uh, I remember. Um, I don't know if you guys remember getting like your first military paper when you. I were, do. Okay so wait, wait, what do you mean so so i think it's when you turn 18 you turn right? 18 um usually in the mail you get a military letter that says hey like you're now eligible for like the military draft and like if the, if there is a draft that ever needs to be implemented you know there's a possibility that you'll be drafted in the, oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, and in the letter, it's they usually when you're
3: getting your license yeah and, shit. and
1: in the letter they usually give you a military number right okay and um it's funny that you were kind of talking about that because I remember uh, when I first—I didn't actually know about it until a few years later. But um, when I was when I turned eighteen, uh, my mom told me years later that she got my military draft I number. Me this yeah, story. she got my military draft number in the mail and she threw it away. She was like, "No." She's like, "She's like, if there's ever a draft, she's like, you're never getting drafted." She told me years later, obviously, but. Um, Which
2: in your mom's defense is a rational point Because your mom I has seen the destruction And you're her baby boy So she doesn't want to see you ever get hurt
1: Well, so like my um, my mom's uh, dad, my grandfather You know, he, he died when, when I was born, unfortunately But um, he uh, served in the Korean War That's the son of a bitch war, dude Yeah, he served in the Korean War And then I have an uncle who served uh, in the Vietnam War as well um, But yeah, so basically living uh with you know her father being in the korean war um as a young man and then my uncle uh being in the vietnam war yeah when she saw my draft paper she immediately just threw them out she's like no no no, no. like you know she told me years later obviously like i said but then eventually you know the letters kept coming in because i technically if i remember right, i kind of had to sign it and just like um basically tell them that like i realized that this is a possibility kind of thing you know, so eventually, years later, she was like, "Yeah, I could have gotten in a lot of trouble for doing that, you know, because I wasn't supposed to." Yeah, you,
3: it's it almost like out. you're dodging the draft. Yeah and, yeah, and you know,
1: obviously at the time I didn't know that. Like I, George Bush. Yeah, I didn't know that I was like hey, dodging Bush the draft, Jr. I guess. But yeah, I remember her telling me that years later that she's like, "Yeah, I threw all those people in and out," and I was like, "Why'd you do that?" I was like, "I could have got in trouble, or you could have gotten in trouble, you know." But mm-hmm. obviously, you know, for our sake. We've never
3: experienced that. Yeah,
2: you know, we've Thank, never had a thankfully, world. I, I it. Thankfully, I appreciate. you. I really
3: right. do appreciate. It. And it's crazy thinking about Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yes. When you think about like war being on our like we've on never experienced war being on our turf. Yeah. Our Besides war,
2: us initiating
3: it, there's people in the early ages. There's the 1800s. people born into destruction. Oh yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Like, Liberia? Dude, we... No, so, like, when I... I remember my freshman year, this kid from Cameroon, his name was Yupang. This is an Asian kid. His name was Yupang, and I remember he was, like, a foreign exchange student, and no one liked him Mm -hmm. because he was just so foreign. He was just an Asian kid. He was an outlier. And everyone was like, this kid's fucking annoying. And I remember talking to him one day, and I was like like so what what goes on and where you come from mm-hmm. and he was like from being you know like she's like from from what i remember being like 6 years old 7 years old
1: mm-hmm.
3: i've seen shit come like destruction yeah like you think it's a shooting star and it's a fucking missile mm-hmm.
2: Destructing
3: well, your land
2: 100% And yeah. I think that's what And it's like
3: What the fuck
2: That's yeah. what most Suburbanized Or Americans I feel Especially in this climate They're worrying about The wrong things Yeah And they're not Really focusing on We're blessed We're I think we're 100% blessed. Extremely we're extremely blessed.
3: blessed. And I'm not to we're say... We're fucking having a podcast right uh, now. Right? Bro. Without
2: <laughs> worrying
1: about someone killing us through
3: the
2: yeah. window. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying, you know, not every place in America is perfect. Of course not. Yeah. But my point is that the grand screen, the grand scheme of things, you know, we're thankful enough to only have a few incidents on, on American turf where we've actually been attacked at. And you can name those. But my point is, is like, I've, I've recently watched one of those... Like, if you're saying about that kid in Liberia, I've had multiple talks with older people. Uh, I forget his name at the time, but he came from a, a communist place, and he said how terrible it was, and he fled as a teenager to get to better land, or get to better government uh, sanctions. Better circumstances. Better circumstances, and I feel that... You know, I mean, this might be my own whatever I see on social media, but the fact that I see so many people pushing for socialism, communism, and I'm seeing maybe Asian people saying, this is so scary for me to see because Mm -hmm. I escaped from there. I don't want to see that happen to this country. And I think college kids don't understand the... The, I don't want to say brainwashing, but maybe yeah. the manipulation of ideas to say... It's cap- ideology. Capitalism the ideology, is bad. Yeah. Marxism is good. I'm not saying capitalism is good, is good at all because I've seen what it's done to this country in terms of those corporate corporate places bending the knee to, to the mob or whatever, however you want to see fit. Yeah. And I think it's like you don't really see how good you have it until... You're being forced to do something you don't want to do or you have to censor yourself because if you say anything bad about X, Y, and Z, you'll get thrown in jail by your fellow citizenship will rat yeah. you out. And I think, like, that's very scary, especially during the COVID times and all this stuff where people will be like, oh, well, so-and-so wasn't complying, right? I yeah. think they should be yeah. excommunicated from this place. And I was like, and whoa, it- whoa, 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 well, pump the brakes. You know, you guys are acting irrational. And I think that just people don't understand how really privileged they have it here yeah. and being able to wear whatever they want,
3: say whatever they want. You know it's want. funny, the people who know the privilege is the people, the immigrants who come here because oh man. Because ninety five percent of the immigrants that, that get here are coming from a place of communism. Mm. And and the, and the people that come here on immigration that are that are fleeing communism right their their main support system in america is supposedly the democrats and they're losing their vote democratically because the democrats are losing the vote of the people that they're supporting mm. because of communism like like the the left has gotten so extreme mm-hmm. To where the people that they say they're supposedly uh, supporting don't even agree with their fucking... No. With their views. Because it's like... Like, motherfucker, we came from communism. Mm. And and the politics y'all are trying to instill right now, like the democratic politics... Bro, the left has gotten so crazy when it comes to, like, wh- like logic. Mm-hmm. Of, of what... Mm-hmm. Of how government should be ran. The left is like... We support all these other cultures, right? You know, the the whole BML movement, the whole everything. You know, no one actually the it's like the most Marxist shit that's mm-hmm. going on. Like Marxism is literally
2: it's it's communist. It's entering the it's entering and it's already been spreading in this country, which is like why I hate seeing like some compilations of People asking college students how, you know, how do you think the president is going? And they're saying, oh, it's going great because they're side one or whatever. It's like, you guys are so delusional. Just from a a, practical standpoint. Just from a practical standpoint. If you really sat there and try to understand what maybe the president's saying or whatever the secretary's saying, it's just like, you don't know what. They're just
3: word salads. Right, right here. What is the definition of Marxism? So, yeah, that's why yeah, I wanted to Google yeah. it. Before
1: we go forward, what? you know, I, I want to try to inform listeners, you know, about kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. What is sounds. Marxism for us? Give so us. we don't just sound like crazy individuals? Yeah, give us a, yeah, give us <laughs> so a definition. Marxism, the definition, you know, for everyone listening, uh, Marxism is the political and economic theories of Karl Marx and uh, Frederick Engels, if I'm saying that Piece last Piece of shit. Uh, which is later <laughs> developed by their followers to form the basis for the theory and practice of communism. Um, another definition, obviously, is uh, Marxism is a method of analysis that uses a materialistic, or a materialist, uh, interpretation of historical development, better known as historical materialism, to understand class relations and social conflict, as well as... Uh, um, Hold on, I don't know if I can say this word. Uh, wow. Delectical dialectical <laughs> perspective to view social transformation.
3: Like literally, it, what it is is an interpretation of culture to to guide what, like, what culture is supposed to be. Mm. That's like their I, that's I, their I, ideology of a perfect system. A hundred percent. I believe now one could
1: beg though, or one could question. Is there a perfect system for an entire world?
2: I don't think so. Or, or no. just
1: an entire country, really, because we're all separated. Obviously, we have the United States. You have Russia. You have Asia. You know, everybody has their own country. Is there anything that actually fits? Because then we have. Uh, there's not, bro. Because then we have outliers you'll,
2: like uh, Switzerland. You'll never have a right? utopia. You'll never have. There one. won't be a
3: yeah. utopia because there, there's like literature, literature that's that's based in a hundred percent like. Like, what is a utopian scenario? And and that's where, like, robots come into place, right? So, when whenever you try to... Uh, so, like, a robot is s- supposed to be, like, the exemplification of a perfect human being, right? We, like, the way that humans have tried to form technology to be perfect in the sense of, like, optimized performance, optimized... Uh, production right
2: and that's only been instilled in the last 20 years i've only felt that the technology has been exponentially growing faster than i think we realize because i remember you know like you said flip phone imagine i remember kids having ipod or iphones or something growing up like wow you had an iphone like that's crazy to me because i could never afford one myself or my parents could never afford one and i've always been Plus, with a with at least a cellular device that can text and call. But like I said, my
3: seventh grade year, I had I had a, I got a razor. That's what I'm saying. I got a razor phone. And it was now? a flip phone, and I thought it was the coolest shit. It's, of course, it's the and coolest then, shit. And then I remember, like my fucking freshman year, one of my <laughs> friends getting an iPhone three, and I was like, God, dude, that's imagine how cool that was. It. Yeah, dude. Like, and, I, and I couldn't get one. I, I literally... My, my I, like, I could have got you a drink. I was like, damn, can I get an iPhone 3? I thought you no, were No, I can't get an iPhone 3. Yeah. But, but like, the and amount of...
1: Now we're at an iPhone 13? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. kids are, kids are <laughs> getting the iPhone
2: 10s and then just doing their thing. But it's just like a mad... Like, I don't think kids understand the real um, ramifications of, like... I guess it's more of I'm not like envious of younger kids mm-hmm. at all. I think it's just I think I they're am. I think their parents. <laughs> I don't know if you can
1: that's be there because they're just growing up in a different age. It's hard to judge uh, them yeah, for that because I mean
2: I yeah, I remember yeah. like that's com- a
3: good point you just brought up. Yeah. yeah, the fact that that we're we can't judge kids because they are growing <laughs> up in an age of where. Because boomers like, why would like you,
1: older people judge us for growing up in the time we're in.
3: Just the term, but boomer, it's bad. bro. Yeah, the, the term "boomer." I fucking love it because that's a funny ass term to to use on people. Like, okay, boomer.
2: And that's and that's where um younger generations generations will call us millennials or some stupid name or something like that, or they'll call us boomers for not understanding whatever else they know. And and to me, it's just like I don't necessarily believe i'm in some like <laughs> locked in generation because we're kind of all a hybrid in a sense because yeah. i mean yeah, imagine yeah. even imagine even your bro- older brother going through i remember seeing a post that he posted earlier this morning talking about he misses riding in a certain era of oh bmx how, yeah BMX. and then what's oh, you changed wasn't your
3: brother pretty nasty at bmx
1: no he was like so when we were kids um you know obviously he's older than me but like same with danny yeah, yes, yeah. Same with Danny. He, you know, my brother's older than me. He's eight years older. So, um, you know, it, when I was a kid, I would go with him. You know, to the skate park, and I'm just watching him. Really, I'm just chilling. I'm not really doing anything. But yeah, when he talks about how BMX has evolved. Compared to his time, like dude, some of the BMX people who are doing tricks now at like the X Games and just are competitions,
2: insane.
1: Yeah, it's totally kids are doing insane. it
3: in bike
2: parks now.
1: It makes no sense, out. bro.
3: Dude. The last girl, the last person that won for the females for Olympic skateboarding, mm-hmm. this girl was fucking like twelve years old or yeah. thirteen years old.
1: So yeah, when he posts stuff about that, about like how it was back in his day when he was riding BMX, like. Compared to now, I mean, people are just pulling off insane stuff, and um, not that it's bad. You know, it basically no, just it basically bad. just means that the sport is evolving so much and getting better. Well, yeah. Rapid? To, to your point yeah. about skateboarding in the Olympics, that's a new thing. Yeah. like skateboarding has never been in the Olympics, and no,
3: I remember watching. Been. Skateboarding yeah. used to be like the fucking loser thing yeah. to do, and well, it was hated. You like, oh yeah, you skateboard? Oh, you? No, Yo, you're doing nothing with your life. Yeah, skateboarding. I remember you
1: know? looking at an interview with Tony Hawk because he's
3: you know kind of the god of skateboarding. I guess. He's one hundred percent. He's 100%, one of the, the gods He's a godfather. He's yeah, you know, godfather. you look at the fucking. Uh, what was it called?
2: Well, yeah, the Dogtown guys who all—I the... had
3: a poster on my fucking wall, dude. What was it? Yeah, the Dogtown guys. Yeah,
1: I know who you're talking about. But yeah, I remember watching like this interview of Tony Hawk, and he was talking about how excited he was that skateboarding was now going to be a part of the Olympics, and he was excited for that. He's like, man, he's like, when we were doing, you know, skateboarding, we weren't trying to get famous. We were just trying to have fun, do tricks. Especially you know, blah, blah.
3: Tony Hawk, bro. Yeah, he was like a this skinny ass dude. You know, he wasn't even accepted by his own peers. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well,
3: he, because he, he was, was frowned upon for alling up his, up his, vert, uh, up Bert his man. vert shit. He well, was alling off of <laughs> tricks to do shit. Well, because and people sk- were like, "That's cheating." Skateboarding back then too was well. I-
2: my knowledge of skateboarding is very sparse, but I mean, I remember watching Lords of Dogtown, and, yeah. and, and everyone knows Lords of Dogtown. I mean, yeah. and you everyone know, and you Lords understand their tricks were well minimal, and you understand what they're. Yeah. At. They're yeah. normally just kind of street rats. They're going to go surf, yeah, and then what they they were pavement surfers. Well, they're pavement surfers, and what they really started off on was empty pools so yeah. they did the vert so yeah, i think i yeah. think that sprouted off tony hawk because he's like well i'm just gonna do vert stuff because i mean i haven't seen tony hawk really do street street skating no. like, no, 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 like no. you see now and i think that's where you have like rob judick implementing street league co- competitions where you have set up rails and you're doing things and i think it is really cool that now they have it in the olympics and, yeah. I, and that just,
3: is fucking dope dude and Rob Der did fucking do a I mean, lot for that. Dude. He
1: did. Yeah, his interview was just like interesting because like, you know, for him, like in the X Games, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched the X Games growing up. I watched a lot mainly because I did of my, too, yeah. I yeah, watched yeah. it a lot because of my brother. Um, because he went to X Games competitions like all the time to watch. But, you know, when he pulled off the nine hundred which, like, that, that was, was... infamous. Uh, yeah, that was unfathomable. Like, there's no way you could have done that. Kids are doing
3: it like crazy now. Yeah,
1: now it's like They're a doing normal... 1800s. Now it's a normal trick. Yeah. yeah. But for Tony Hawk back in the day, that was, like, groundbreaking. monumental. By groundbreaking. By the way,
3: did y'all see? That man did a 900...
1: Oh, yeah. His, like, I saw a year that. Year ago. Like, a last 900. He said it was his last 900 ever, but I don't well, know how true that is. He's getting up Dude, there. He he's worked, old,
3: yeah. But he worked for that for, like, two hours. Let me see like, if I can pull it up that is fucking insane and and i wanted to stem off and and just eating it for an hour and a half and then he lands well
2: that's the beauty of like skateboard and these board sports but i wanted to, to stem off and talk about the olympics and it's to me i know there's an olympic going on right now and i think it's just really sad because i remember growing up and when people were going to the olympics every four summer olympics four years like it was an event it was an event that everyone kind of partook in and they all just said we're going to watch team USA compete in the Olympic sports and now i feel that it's not so recognized and i feel really bad for the athletes to an extent, what, USA athletes. Or? Well, just in general, like all the. I think the Olympic Games is is a beautiful thing hmm. for the world. A hundred percent. Because it just it just breathes these people who have this mindset of I'm going to compete in this sport and I'm going to try to compete at the best level. And when they get to the Olympics, I think that's just a monumental feat, whether you win or We're you not lose. In that. I think that's just admirable because you think the average Joe watching the Olympics, he's going to see, at least I'd hope, appreciate. If you see a pole vaulter doing his thing, you've got to appreciate, bro, that guy's flying up a pole. That guy's skiing down this. He's running however much distance like you what's can that bolt. what's that
3: one that they do with the marathon where it's like they're skiing and they had to fucking shoot something oh that's like, like, oh yeah i think it's yeah. like Dude, cross crazy like bro. you
2: look at that in the winter it's sports. like a
3: cross country skiing where you have to shoot a target i think it's like
2: cross country something
3: or other but yeah it's just so
2: beautiful to see now that i've know like i've competed in small amounts of games and it's just like yeah. the competing factor and i wish it was more welcomed again where it's like hey we're gonna take the time to watch our top athletes perform that's what and i wish it was more prevalent now and i feel like maybe since covid hit it's taken a dip where people are not interested in those things anymore even like super bowl i take that maybe with a grain of salt but i say that maybe for some it's a big deal and then nowadays i feel
1: it's, it's really not, just it's, about the party. Honestly. It's not
2: so – well, I understand it's about the party, but that's the <laughs> that's fun of it. it. You go to a friend's house, you go yeah. to a relative's house, and you all watch the Super Bowl and you have fun. But nowadays, I don't feel like that's I like have a, a thing anymore.
1: I have a great thing to comment about the Olympics, but um, before we do that, let's, let's watch Tony Hawk. At fifty-two yeah, years watch. old, oh no, I'm sorry. Tony Hawk lands a nine hundred at forty-eight. At forty-eight years
3: old. Yeah, yeah that was that. the last time he did it. He's gonna yeah.
2: hit this mug.
1: Let's see if I can actually get this video. Uh, yeah, skip, yeah that, skip skip that, that ad. There's too many ads now. By yeah.
3: the way, Tony Tony Hawk's uh, a homie Jason Ellis.
1: He's cool. Is he down? He's fucking talented. Is he fired? You know?
2: He's fire. Yeah, he's so get, talented. Get right in the middle
3: there, James. He's yeah, like yeah. Tony Hawk Jr.
1: I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to fast forward a little bit so I can get to his trick. Well, <laughs> a Mini coupe
2: And then nice. what I wanted to add to this is like... Here we go. Yeah, uh, Yeah, let's see this here. So now he's, he's going up and down its vert ramp right now.
1: I remember he tried so many times that he fell. Oh, yeah, dude. So many times before he actually got it. It was like all
3: fucking day, dude.
2: Yeah. And I think people don't realize God, how physical so skateboarding really is in... I mean, I, I skated. Look how
1: tired he looks.
2: You know, I mean, I skated for a little bit. Nothing to this extent, but I longboarded more. But, you yeah. know, to be able to do these rotations in the air and get back up at his age.
3: Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know. He's 48, bro. He's
2: 48. I'm he's,
3: 27 and I know that shit hurt. And bro. he has to do three
2: spins and land it correctly. Look, real
3: talk. I used to fucking skate mm-hmm. a lot. When I first moved here, this might literally, be literally one, the on. only thing I did was skateboard. Oh, that, was it, like my, that was like my that thing. That was your thing. I was, here we go.
1: Here we go. Here's the one. Look. I think he finally does it.
2: Boom. Full <sighs> three three rotations around so to make dope,
3: a 900. Just, yeah, and then you just spit out the skateboard. That's all you Boom. can do right there. Boom. Done. Spit it out. You're done. Dude, I'm but done. when he did that for the first time in the X Games,
1: like, dude, like, the place went right nuts. Right there. Look. Dude.
3: That feeling right there.
1: Is probably
2: the oh, best he everything in the off? world.
3: He just throws it off. I'm done. I fucking did it. Yeah, look at that. He throwing oh, everything off. He's done. I'm fucking done. He's done. He
2: doesn't even want to be near the Let vert ramp.
3: Let me hug ramp. my fucking people. He
2: doesn't even want to be by, near the vert ramp. You know, it's just one of those feats where it's just like you. I'm done. Something. I'm walking
3: off. I'm getting back in the Mini Cooper. Yeah, it's I'm a done. nice fucking We're advertisement. Driving off into
1: the sunset.
3: <laughs> but I think like yeah. that's crazy,
2: bro. You know, I was recently watching some slope style <laughs> baby boomers <laughs> well,
1: that's
2: the other i was watching some slope style snowboarding where recently i've been watching ones where they're sanctioned on a course but this other one i was watching where they would all all these riders would start at different times but they would go down the same course so every time they would go down it would be a new imprint into the trail Yeah. and i was just so fascinated because it was really cool hearing the commentators saying even though these gentlemen are all competing, if you look at the the player or the, comp- the competition tent where they're all all the snowboarders are watching them compete, it's nothing but like hell yeah that guy just did that that's sick because it's a cool environment where all these guys know at the end of the day they're competing yeah and they're gonna have fun but at the same time it seems like at least in the snowboarding aspect, the camaraderie and like the team player-ness of like i know i have to compete against this person going down the slope but i can give him props for doing some crazy cool stunts they're
3: all contributing
2: they're all the, contributing and yeah. it's nothing really overly like hell yeah i'm I'm the top dog i'm better than you it's nothing very forceful it's like hey go out there have fun you know i'll see what score i can get and i think that's very valuable to sports and I think that only happens in certain sports because other team sports, they're very, like. I think if you took football, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm the better quarterback, or I'm the better X, Y, and Z." And I think that kind that's of stinks. Golf,
1: bro. Well, that's yeah. what I wanted to piggyback on. Yeah. Uh, before the Tony, before the Tony Hawk video, is like, okay, so <clears throat> in recent years, and I'm sure Andy can probably back me up on this, is, is in recent years basketball for the Olympics, the USA team has just been totally dominant. Right? Oh, yeah. Totally dominant, right? Because other countries just really didn't have the players or, or um, I don't know, the with necessities skill, maybe, or whatever you want to say you know. to really compete with USA. I mean,
3: you know. I, Except sp- for Australia for some reason.
1: Yeah, or Spain maybe, but like. But yeah. I would say in the last maybe few years, especially uh, what uh, last year's Olympics, I guess it's you could say be- it's
3: gotten real competitive.
1: All the other countries internationally, like their players are getting
3: better. Dude, they're I mean, fucking good. They're amazing. Australia,
1: yeah, no, yeah, um, uh, Australia, and then
3: we have uh, Luke why, Doncic. Why, from, why, Patty Mills go hard in the Olympics? Yeah.
1: So the yeah. other countries are getting better which I like to see because I love to see that. Uh, yeah, I love to see that because, you know, watching, you know, obviously I want the USA Olympics to win of course. basketball cuz That's your it's home a, country. Yeah, you know, but but to see them win by 40, 50 points a game, it kind of sucks. Yes. You know, but but now in the recent, you know, years over the Olympics, like other teams and other countries are getting better and it's it's funner, it's funner and nicer to like see that. It that is that everyone yeah, sure. is kind of coming together. It, it, it's full circle, I guess. Because you could say.
2: at the end of it, it's a competition. You're having fun. You know, it's it's beautiful to have t- have country pride over yeah. like my. And you know, when I saw, I think the recent one, the Jamaican team, the Jamaican runners and female, like you have Usain Bolt. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Yeah. Which in his own right, he deserves to be. And I applaud yeah. the, I applaud the man when he takes W's because it's like good for you, Jamaica. Good job. You yeah. know, and especially when I see. I think the Jamaican female runners got a gold place. Oh it's like, good God, for dude, you, guys. That,
3: like, bro, there's one girl. I forgot her name. The Jama- the Jamaican girl that just broke like all the records. She
1: got like suspended for a year or something. Oh, was that, the, I don't know.
3: was that I don't the know, marijuana well, thing? There's Maybe, No, yeah. there's one girl that was a Jamaican runner. And she broke like every record this year, which is
2: great. I love seeing that. Which dude. is fucking it's, awesome. It's dude. so cool to see other, especially like Jamaica or whoever beats. Oh, I think know, it's this one. I'm not trying to say it's USA. It's the girl
3: that beat that beat the most famous like track running right, girl right, right. that was from Jamaica.
2: I'm just saying it's cool to see. I mean, of course, and I'm,
3: even even within the Jamaican runners, you see the competition.
2: Oh, frick!
3: Yeah, of course, I want USA to
2: win. But when when you see another country win, you, you know you just you just you just congratulate them. It's like good job for you guys. Cause, yeah, because at the end of the day,
3: bro, track running is one of the most intense, like Olympic. Venues you could watch oh, because it's so cool. It's literally just seeing who is physically fucking just and that's on it. their shit. And that's it. It's so cool to see. I mean, this her yeah this bro. athlete this bitch right here. This athlete her dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Shelly Ann Fraser. Shelly Ann Fraser. She bro. She is literally competing against her two other jamaican female runners where you know she is like i don't give a fuck i want to win
2: right and i think that's a beautiful i have so
3: much respect for this girl right here this girl right here let's see if i'll play yeah let's see shelly and fraser bro that is one of the because she doesn't give a fuck about the other jamaicans bro she is literally trying to win look at her go look at her go This bitch right here, dude!
1: All boom. First
3: first place, second
1: place, third place was all Jamaica.
3: And right, she knows. She knows she just broke records, and she knows she just beat her own fucking country. And I think
2: that's just beautiful to see because look at her. Like she's just, she's jumping for joy right now. But she's so excited. Like she trained.
3: She can't even handle it. She she trained
2: months for this moment, and just I can't imagine the feeling of being on those blocks and just being like ready. This is this is what you train for. Go. It's and interesting
1: that you say that too because um, It's interesting that you say that because like uh, I've seen like uh, like you know how a lot of Instagram profiles how now are like motivational, or like entrepreneurial or whatever you want to call it, and uh, they use. Look at that sentence, bro. <laughs> real quick, it's
3: taken say? her five years to look like a sprinter that yeah. won.
1: Okay, that's what I'm saying. so that's actually going to tie oh, into my point. That's going to beautifully tie into my point is a lot of profiles now on Instagram, you know, motivation, entrepreneur, whatever. And they always use Usain Bolt. He trained for 20 years to be the fastest man in the world to basically run in the Olympics one time for 10 seconds. For 10 seconds. For 10 seconds. He trained for that many years to run for 10 seconds. And it's like, that is insane to even think about. But when you break it down to that, like, you know, small element, basically, I guess you could say, It's crazy. It's so... Because how many people are dedicated like that? It's beautiful
3: in a sense. You can see the same thing if you look up 08 Olympics Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Look that up. Yeah, that's true. Look it up right now, bro. No, I know. Hey, hey, don't talk to me about Kobe. He's my boy, dog. But the beautiful thing about that, RIP to my guy, the bean. I know. Look up 2008 Olympics Kobe Bryant.
1: He was an animal. When you
3: see... Other fucking crazy NBA stars cheering on the bench like they're fanboys over Kobe Bryant.
1: He was an MVP that year. Dude. Look,
3: look, look! Click you, that video right there. You do That'll realize see, that, right? Click
1: that click, that. click hey, that. No, I know. I will. But this you, is this he, is hey, when the when the he dream had just team, lost the finals. This was the redeem team. No, I know, but he had just lost the NBA finals to the Celtics. It was
3: 2008. 100%. He, won he his was first, hungry. He
1: won his first and only MVP of the regular season, and yep. he lost to the NBA Finals.
3: When he got robbed two years prior of MVP. Yeah, he should have definitely had more, Cause, but Because 2006 and 2007 I digress. Kobe, after Shaq, I digress. that's MVP of the league. Steve Nash robbed that shit. Yeah, whatever. I digress. It's okay. But, so so but this was, is
2: him in a game versus in the Olympics, Spain. right? Spain. Yeah,
1: versus Spain. This is a gold medal Olympic game. Olympic
3: gold medal game. Yeah. And and literally, you can see everyone in the NBA that are the stars rely on Kobe. Because
2: they just have to filter him the ball and he'll gonna make, he's going to make it no matter what. And Coach where.
3: K, Coach K, one of the best coaches of all time, said Kobe is the best player I've ever coached in my life.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, so sad. Yeah, it's it's very
2: disheartening to hear. You know, I remember the day. I know that that it happened, and I I, I, I almost didn't believe it. I said, "There's no way." Oh, There's dude, I, no I,
1: way. I, I woke up, and the first thing I saw was TMZ report, and I was like, "No, nah, it's fake," because it's TMZ. It's TMZ. I, w- I was waking up on a Sunday, yeah, Sunday morning, and I saw the report. So I was like, "No, nah,
3: Kobe didn't die, bro." Your cousin. God, I hated that. Your cousin was the one. I was working on a Sunday. Oh, and your cousin. No, 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 Trevor! Oh, Trevor! Okay, and, yeah, and yeah. literally, it was yeah, he's a Sunday. A big, he's at a big Kobe fan too. And I was just working that day. I, yeah. I worked overtime, mm. and I'm working, and and Trevor literally was crying, and he said, "Bro, dude, did yeah. you did you see?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And, and and Trevor was literally telling me, "Like, dude, Kobe's dead," and I was like, "What? What are you talking dude, about?"
1: Dude, I cried like probably two days after that and it was so weird because like uh i was coming back from work actually and i was just going home and i had i was listening to some kind of radio station um because a lot of people at the time when kobe did die i remember seeing a lot of articles a lot of people were actually upset that other people were crying about the fact that kobe did die and they had never met the man yeah and there was no blood connection there was no family connection and a lot of people were actually upset that, like, why are you crying over this guy, mm, like, mm-hmm, when there's mm-hmm. no connection to him, right. like, at all? That's, right?
3: the, that's the fucking power yeah. of a sports icon. Yeah, no, and I agree, because I remember... We rem- talked about that before we came we, here, we too. We did. Yeah. Talking about sports icon. There you go.
1: And I remember, like, two days after, you know, he passed away, I was driving home, dude, and I just, like, started crying. Because I was thinking about him, I was thinking about the family he left behind. Oh, and his daughter. Yeah, and his daughter. Fucking Gianna, bro. Yeah, the daughter that passed God away. Dang, I just like started man. crying, man. And like, I called my mom when I got home, and I was like, "Yo, this is so weird. I'm crying over a dude that I've never even met." But I was like, "But he was such an important part of my life." But um, <clears>
2: that, that's what's that's was beautiful. About yeah. Because from a standpoint like myself, I'm not a big sports dude, but I play basketball. Mm. growing up and i know i knew of kobe but even yeah. though when i heard his passing even though i felt like wow we lost someone who's i mean inspirational to so many and man. almost
3: supposed to be immortal bro almost yes. supposed i thought to be kobe immortal. bryant was invincible yeah which he was he was invincible i thought he was invincible so in my head my own logic was like this invincible man, this invincible man, just died.
2: I thought he was gonna be like a shack. You know, he's gonna live on for a very long legacy. And, it, he's and it's weird.
3: It's weird because a lot of people had the same thought. Like,
2: oh, I did. Since sure. Kobe
3: died, nothing is real.
2: It seems that it seems very strange that when that happened,
3: it seemed like it
2: went all downhill after that.
3: Like Kobe Bryant is fucking dead, bro. I know. Well, mm. it, it's like what the fuck.
2: It's very saddening, at least for me, from a standpoint. And I didn't even. I'm not even a big ball, basketball fan. Yeah. And I knew, like, wow, a lot of people, even myself. I mean, I've seen a few things from him, and I understand he's a very, very prestigious man, and his mindset's very, very scary, it's dude. Just, it's admirable. Just, it's just uh, scary in the point of like this guy does nothing but. He wants, be, he wants to be, wants to be perfect in his basketball playing, and he's. He it's like it's like
3: else. it's it's the exemplif- exemplification of someone who wants to master their craft to the full extent. And
2: that's a hundred percent admiral, like you said. It's just beautiful. It's to the see reason that. why
3: Kobe. It's the reason why Michael Jordan was crying. Yeah. yeah. Saying like this guy literally wanted to do nothing but learn everything about the sport, uh, about his craft.
2: And how are you going to beat that man if he's in, then, if he's then, in the gym shooting whatever until not he can't only shoot that, anymore.
3: but but he, Kobe wanted to pass that on to everybody. So this is the video like, that Logan, I want to play. Could, you could look up after this too. Yeah. After your video, look up. You could look up John John Morant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Look up John Morant talking about Kobe, and, and he literally was like. <clears throat> He literally is like sitting there and he's like, I can't talk about this, blah, blah, And they keep asking him and he's just like, you know what, at the end of the day, I I just thought thought he was invincible. And and then you see his face. Everybody did. And that's someone that is great thinking about their idol and just thinking this man was invincible and he's gone.
1: Yeah. So this is actually a video that I I really connected with when Kobe did pass. Uh, For sure. Was because... Yeah, a lot of people were upset, like I said, at other people because they were sad about his passing for someone they never met. Right. You know, and they just watched. But I think the cool thing about the Lakers and just any Laker fan is that, like, when he got drafted in 96, you literally saw a kid from high school and you watched him grow as a person.
3: As a and, man. Yeah, dude. as a
1: man, from a kid to a man. Whatever age you were, I was only like eight by the time he got drafted, you know? But yeah. I remember watching him all
3: the way... you know, I remember watching it. D. Fish hit the fucking shot against yeah, the Spurs. I know. I was eating ramen noodles, and That's I fucking I mean. threw that shit in the air because I was I <laughs> so, was going crazy as a little so kid. So even, I
1: I even though I never met the man, like he was such a big part of my childhood. And I think uh, the host from Around the Horn, which is an ESPN show, I think he encapsulated... Was it Israel Gutierrez? I don't know. I'm going to play it right now, but... <laughs> He it, it exactly encapsulated what I was thinking and what I thought about uh, let's, let's for the people. Yeah, let's it. hear it for the people who thought like it was a joke that you were crying over someone who didn't know. So let's see if I can uh, get to his section before they talk about it. Yeah, here we go.
3: By the way, bro, this is fucking great. <laughs> you gotta after the podcast let me know, bro.
1: I will. Cool. All right, let's see.
3: This shit made me cry, bro. I swear to God. I
1: know.
2: Can you guys hear it, though? Well, we can hear it, but I mean, we'll have to explain it to the listeners. Oh, uh, The
1: podcast, it's okay, but as long as you guys can hear it, we'll, we'll yeah. do All it. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead okay. go. We can hear it. Someone's passing part of you Part of your childhood. You
3: hundred percent, bro. Yeah, oh, absolutely! Yeah. Kobe, you had to. No one in the sport of history yeah. never has been that iconic. Never, in. I'm telling you, bro. Because I'll tell you what,
2: when you, you say that, no matter what, even if you're making something just I mean, especially now, out of just respect, you just you just say it. I think even even well, that's if that's a
3: beautiful ass picture, bro, that shit breaks my heart. I know the yeah. Wizard of Oz fucking yeah. Halloween picture. Right.
0: The his life and we it did, his
3: bro. It's all no. about muse, bro. Well, Kobe was all about muse. Are-
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So consider letting your work
3: be And how you voice your feelings And talk about other people Talk about people's lives in full Carry forward their spirit Most importantly, be with the ones in your life And allow them, even the lost, to always be with you mm-hmm. We lost our only Kobe Brian this week oh, It's just tough, dude I know
2: Well, I mean, considering We're just like, talking you talking know, about yourself, about James You know, you have a, a whole portrait of the gentleman Kobe Bryant up on your right wall there, here, bro. that's know, iconic.
3: I, by I, the way, shout out to Nick Emery for taking that picture right yeah. there. I knew he had to be in my studio. That is a man. fucking like, dope ass picture. Because your brother took that, right?
1: Yeah, my brother took that picture. I knew when I started this podcast, I was like, dude, Kobe has to be in the room somehow.
2: And it's a picture of him on the court, standing right in the- Staples yeah. middle, it's still the OG middle Staples the Lakers, the Lakers, Lakers crib, logo. The fucking
3: that's another. Company. I hate that shit. Though. I know. So, I know. I know.
2: I hate it. I mean, I, I think it's just beautiful that, uh, you know, like yourselves. I mean, I've never been a team. I've never had a team that's like I can relate to. I've never been in, in a sports arena or fandom per se. So mm-hmm. I, I, from an outside perspective, even though I don't know Kobe as an actual player, I know what he's brought to the game. I know that his spirit and legacy will live on obviously forever.
3: Yeah, dude, but it's, it's just
2: crazy. It's, it's beautiful crazy. to see the man like one man has impacted so many people's lives and they you don't even know the guy and you yeah. just can appreciate the level of competition his mindset, the way he brings maybe a team together the maybe the way he brings a team to championships and just oh, the dude, fact that 100%. he can he can perform and just have that just the destructive mindset dude. of just i want to win whether you guys like it or not like
3: Look, i'm about to i'm about to jump on the laptop right now yeah quick. jump on the laptop Look, i'm dude. gonna show you this clip of, that shows the embodiment of kobe
2: for sure 100%. i mean i i just find it so fascinating because many sports players haven't impacted me at all and just that's again coming from a, a place where I don't really have a very good sports team-related incident. I don't have a I don't have a sports uh, team that I can back a hundred percent, just because that wasn't in my family base. Okay. But the fact that there are sports teams and there's uh, on those teams there's members who can affiliate and just. Maybe regular civilians can support and understand, like, hey, this guy appreciates hard work. I'm a hardworking man. Maybe I can tie something together
3: here. But this is, this has is a an clip exemplification up. Of, of, of his work ethic. Okay. Click on this.
1: All right. So, uh, everybody listening, we're going to – You know what this clip yeah, is. Yeah, I know. I know what this clip <laughs> yeah. is. But anybody listening, you know, basketball fan or Laker fan – I'm sure a lot of people can remember the 2009 NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, his team the Lakers, you know, they're up 2-0 already, you know, on the on the Orlando Magic. Which is a good lead. Yeah, it's a, it's a great lead,
3: yeah. For NBA um, Finals.
1: Yeah, for the NBA Finals, a 2-0 lead is great. Um, but his interview, you know, after the game, you know, he's up 2-0 on the Orlando Magic, and um, we're going to play this video. This
3: mentality is everything, bro. Yeah,
1: the mentality and the answer that he gives um, the reporter, you know, uh, it, it's probably been iconic for a lot of people, honestly. Uh, it, it definitely reigns true. This is after he's
3: up 2-0 in a finals where you you got to win four games yeah. to win. Wow. Look at this.
1: <clears throat> after this ad, yeah, we're going to play this video and kind of talk like about it. Like, he
3: literally... It's like almost stone cold where you're like, damn, this man is fucking about success.
1: The way you could look at it, he's almost not happy, like, yet.
3: Fucking miss that man, bro. I <laughs> know. I can't believe it. Let's see if we can't get one. for a big
0: smile out of here. You're up to all. What's the story? Are you not happy or? You're only half happy here. It's to be happier, Bob. You're up to all. Job's not finished. Job's finished. I don't
1: think so. So, basically, for anybody who can't really hear that video, Kobe's ending remarks you know of his interview after the game was that the reporter said you know hey uh you're up 2-0 in the finals which is big obviously you're up 2-0 in the finals and I don't see a smile out of you like what's going on are and you Co- not happy yeah you're not happy and Kobe basically remarks you know he doesn't smile he just says hey he's like he's like, like what's know, there to be happy about yeah what's there to be happy about the job's not finished and he basically asked the reporter again you know is the job finished you know because you have to win for you know to win the finals So, basically, Kobe's worth ethic and just everything about him was like, job's not finished. He's up 2-0, which is great. But, you know, he doesn't have that championship ring on his finger yet. So, he's not done. He's
3: literally telling the reporter, job's not finished. Is the job finished? It's not. What's there to be happy about?
2: that's, that's That's a beautiful mindset to have, too, because,
3: you know, I mean, if
2: you look at any other job or profession, or
1: before we go in, I, I this is a yeah. very interesting podcast for this uh, the this young podcast that I still have. Uh, we are at the first three hour episode ever right now. Just to just oh to my god, we've been, you've been for three <laughs> I minutes, hope bro. that everybody listening <laughs> has gotten some kind of valuable information. From Hopefully. Us, Uh, But it is kind of crazy. It's a first historic one. And actually, I never mentioned this uh, at the beginning of our episode. I think I did. Or maybe I didn't, actually. Maybe I'm too drunk to remember. But uh, this is actually the 40th episode. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. 40th, okay. 40th, which which is a
3: burr, weird. Burr, burr. Yeah, which
1: is a weird <laughs> uh, mile mark, actually.
4: Congratulations, no, James. 100%. Though. Yeah, man.
1: So, this is the 40th. Well, you guys will be, yeah, the 40th episode, but this mm-hmm. is the first well, episode that's three hours. And this
3: <laughs> is a little change up.
2: Too, on a side yeah. note, this is. It's this, definitely a change up. I'll give you that. It's really good to see you've come this far and been able oh, to have. Oh, yeah, bro. B- minus a few, you know. Yeah. Relatives or friends that you know, but just imagine the fact that you've gotten 25 plus
3: people, 30 plus people. To talk.
2: To random folks just not, to talk. Not
3: only that, like bro, it's, James. It's so great, dude. Not only that, bro, you're telling people's story. Hmm. And and I think that's what the true value is, bro. Like, not even bullshitting you, bro. Like, you're literally getting people's stories out. And I think that's more important. That's a more important value than, than you can even fucking attribute to. I think so. Because... You're, you're, you're letting you're allowing people to get their story out that people can relate to
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know and i think in in us doing this you know three-hour podcast of bullshit yeah hopefully we can attribute to people being able to relate to this and uh and find their own little value out, or of at it. least gather you know? some
2: some knowledge from it and then look it up on their own time but it is that, very admirable if you, that's why, you why i you pushed got... you
1: guys so much by like I was googling everything you guys are saying because I was like, "Yo, I, I want it to be as accurate as possible." I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah, have some guidelines. You gotta harbor it in.
3: Just have yeah, it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Right, right, right. Because I ain't even got into it. Because cons- <laughs> some conspiracies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It,
1: I actually, that might be a, a good segue. Because yeah, I we'll have to do it. Because I know, segue, obviously. Because yeah, right. I know, obviously, when we worked together, me and you in the aisles of the warehouse, we always talked about. Conspiracies, like all, designs, designs all the different time,
3: ideologies,
1: yeah, different ideologies, just being open minded. It's funny like...
3: because we, before you even started this podcast, bro, okay, <laughs> we would have conversations, and you're like, Bro, this would be a good podcast, yeah, absolutely, uh, we would say that.
1: yeah, we would say that. And it's yeah. funny
3: because I feel like you've always had your roots in like, we gotta broadcast this, yeah, like yeah. you, you, I feel like you've always, particularly, you've always been like. This conversation is worth something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's co- that's why it's so fitting f- that I see you. Like, it doesn't surprise me that you're that we're here now. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, because whether we're right or wrong, at least
2: we're we're having a long form conversation about random topics that, you know, some people may relate to Kobe, some people may mm-hmm. relate to, you know, the Olympics. Some people may relate to whatever conspiracies, conspiracies yeah, whatever you it know. Is, you I know? mean, it's it's nothing wrong to have these conversations because some people may be I don't want to say in the closet about it but maybe just be skeptical of talking about it because they don't want to be perceived as Oh, he's just that weird dude who's now talking about nonsense or something. Mm. It's just like, yeah. well, that's not fair. You, you should, I always felt like the weird dude. talking should, about nonsense. yeah, <laughs> you should be able to to question certain things without feeling any backlash or have people say, "Oh, I've never thought of it that <laughs> yeah. way. I've never, you know, I've never heard of it that way." Well, can you explain more? And then that's right, bro. That's actually you.
1: why I put it in the intro. Nice. If you listen to the intro of the guy who who, who announces the show. Is like I I, I do from talk all walks of life. Yeah, from all walks of life, and you know we're all on different journeys, right? Yeah, <coughs> of life and success. But actually, after that uh, sentence per se, I I, uh, I had the guy say that we're also on like similar journeys in past in in um, hindsight, mm. I guess you could say. Because yeah. a lot of us think the same, or we have similar uh, emotions. Even though we may be going down two different paths, mm-hmm. we still have the same emotions or same you know uh, thoughts at the time. And that's where I feel like people need to connect on. We may be going down different career paths, but the emotions and everything else that's involved, mm-hmm. like we feel the it's same. So yeah, it's so interconnected. Yeah, it's so interconnected. It's so interconnected. It's so interconnected, but we feel that we're so disconnected from everyone else because like, we can't fathom or think about other people experiencing the same emotions that mm-hmm. we are in the moment because like no like that's why suicide
3: happens because we're mm-hmm.
1: like no no one else feels this
3: just way. bro just me doing my, that's my episode with you yeah reassured me how much i wanted to do what i wanted to do it really
2: did because uh, when i listen that to makes me it, feel good 100 bro it did dude when i listen to it you know your multiple podcasts or, or <coughs> when I listen to my own or when I listened to Andy's and I was just like, wow, look at this guy being passionate about what he's talking about. Mm. And I think that's just good for people or your previous guests online. Like they might not expect things to come out of this podcast. But I think the fact to say whether this lasts longer or hopefully it does. And I pray mm. it does. I think it's cool to see that. Hey, I mean, I put this on my bucket list to be able to be on a podcast. I mean, I'm not even an intellectual person, but it's just nice to get my my thoughts out on the on the wavelengths. And I think it's cool that other people can too. And that's I think what that's it's for bro. that's all it's supplied by yeah. James to have this nice setup, hundred
3: percent, dog, 100%. And, and, it, and it's
2: very it's very satisfying just to come on here. And even though we're we're talking about multiple topics, just yeah. the, the fact to get our our memory dumped out. It's like a on I'll tell you. I'll it's tell you right now. A hundred percent
3: for this fortieth episode. Yeah, it might not seem like a lot, but dude, I can tell you right now, I, and I know I can speak for Brandon. Mm-hmm. This is therapeutic, bro. Mm-hmm. Getting getting your thoughts out on air, whether whether it's for a thousand people, a million people, or one person, mm. it is fucking giant. When it comes to conversating and getting your, your, your own thoughts out. Because, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I honestly feel like we're so interconnected as human beings, you know, we're, we're, we're all living the same, in a sense, we're all living the same fucking life. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: We're all going through the same struggle. Mm -hmm. Everyone, no matter, you know, no matter if you're born into Beverly Hills with all the money in the world, or you're born in the fucking slums of whatever. Yeah. Everyone's going through the same trials and tribulations in their own sense. Mm. I I honestly believe that. I honestly, I'm a firm believer. Y'all might not believe in this, but I'm a firm believer in reincarnation. Mm. And I, and you know, how you live this life is going to dictate how you live the next life. And I think we're all here to learn the values of life, and to to get on to the better version of yourself, until you finally exceed, you transcend your own ego. You know,
1: is there a stopping point though? Like in reincarnation, though, you think I have like, no idea, bro. Because because when you say that, like I guess, kind of like bettering yourself, and like you learn from this life, right? And you have another life, so like what you learn from that life, you obviously make a better one.
3: It all now, comes to a, It all comes to a point. I, I believe, just from just reading into different religions and, mm. you know, honestly, I, I really think that um, the, the Buddhism.
1: You think they got it right?
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I think their whole thing is like you live life with your own values. You try to get to the most purest point of your life mm-hmm. where you die with nostalgia. Mm. You're so nostalgic that, like, they say those monks that, that fucking sit there and meditate and they die in meditation. Where, I've never heard that. Where, like, no, no, no. There's, you can look it up, bro. There's, like, shit where, like, monks are, like, like you know, fucking 30 years dead just sitting in the same position. Mm. And they look like they haven't aged one year. Like, I think nostalgia is a real fucking, like... Like point to reach where like you're so at peace with yourself that you transcend, you you transcend past your own physical self.
2: Mm. Now I'm not I'm not educated well enough, but I know of the fact that there are people who do um, get in those states of mindsets of of meditation and the monks. I didn't know all that which you just relayed. I mean I'm a faith based man. You know I yeah. believe you transcend onto to heaven once you pass and i also believe that yeah which well i mean yeah which is good because you're able you know that's what the best part about living in this in this country is you're able to believe in however you want to believe yeah. in and i i have no qualms with you know if that's the way you want to do it and that's the way you feel great man more power to you and as I, long as you're not
3: harming others right
2: and i don't think there's any harm in if you want to be uh what was it called uh like a buddhist who uh, reincarnation yeah if you want to believe in that you know go ahead and i think you know as a faith-based man i i just aspire to do better in the faith of christianity to if you if you follow and abide by the the bible you know hope you know and you believe in the savior you transcend onto heaven and then you come back onto this earth once you know it's all said and done yeah over into a better earth, but you know I think it's it's good. Essentially, to, heaven. Essentially, heaven. A better earth. You know that you can all live in harmony, and I think it's there's testimonies to those who do pass on. I've recently heard one where I have a I have a good friend of mine, and his grandmother was on her deathbed, and her mother of the uh, my friend's mother of the grandmother uh, was saying like, oh, the grandmother was saying she was seeing heaven. You know, God had shown me heaven, it was made of flowers and I think like that. And I think that's maybe it could be because she's a faith based believer. I don't yeah. know I don't know what a a, um, a person who believes in reincarnation sees when they're in that when meditation done, yeah, state. yeah, hundred percent. And she was saying, you know, when I was on my way of proceeding on to the next life, she said she saw um, you know, heaven and it was made of gold. So I, I mean I believe there's a, a way of life whether you believe in whatever you believe in i think that's what you're associated to if that's what you believe yeah. is an afterlife with with christ you go to afterlife with christ who knows where the gentlemen go who are they buddhist where are they or women whoever transcend onto the next life maybe that's what their next life is you yeah. know and more power to them
3: that's why I believe in karma, bro, heavily.
2: Karma's real. If it's, you if
3: you live right now like you're like you're a shitty human being and you don't give a fuck about other people's values, you're trying to get your own. I don't think that's gonna work out long term, bro. Like
2: I think that's a recipe for I don't wanna say disaster, but it's a recipe for a lot of discourse in your life because i i'm very energy is real i'm very toiled with that and i think that's kind of maybe what's holding me back from pursuing like a passion because i look at certain businesses maybe in america where you try to get into something like for me amazon i knew that wasn't the move for me because Mm. i could tell the way the upper chain of command uh commenced themselves Mm. with the lower hanging fruit and for me personally, I just felt I want to find somewhere or something or some profession or passion that's not so, uh, not so, I don't want to say corrupted, but doesn't have like the next person interest in mind. So I want So I,
1: not about people.
2: I want to have like an ethical business standpoint where <clears throat> it's like if I do something, I want it to benefit. Someone else down the road mm-hmm. where it's gonna actually provide an actual good service. Like when I work, like I said, when I worked in Amazon, I didn't feel that way. I'm just packaging orders. I mean, I've did it correctly and made it neatly for the customer, so they can arrive and have a package that's non-damaged. But what my point is, when I see like I couldn't work for Amazon, I couldn't see myself going up and higher because I don't want to put someone down or I don't want to say oh, they're not performing optimally, or I don't want to have to play the politic game of Mm. I'm abiding by this rule so I can get ahead. To me, that just seems like you're just cookie-cutting the same people Mm. to be yes-men so they can move forward in order to get a better salary, in order to just keep moving the ranks up. But to me, it just doesn't seem ethical.
1: Now, the question could be brought about Uh, with what you were just talking about on the fact that what would be in in today's society and I guess the business world per per se, what would be something that would actually click those boxes as to this business is making uh, a uh, uh, i'm sorry uh, like a a contribution to life a contribution to people a contribution to society like how would you build something like that you, uh, you know, know what would it look like that's a great question because every business in a sense small or big like obviously the goal of it starting any business is you know obviously you want to make money you know um that that's you know the first first part ab- about it you know um, you hope that obviously by connecting with people and building relationships that brings in the money so yeah so I guess to to your argument or your or your stand mm-hmm. is you know what kind of business does that look like no
2: I think you're I think that's a great question and I think I've been <clears throat> trying to I've been trying to figure out how to come come across those those questions for myself mm-hmm because I look at certain companies and I say I would never want to work with them because X, Y, and Z. I don't. To me, it just doesn't seem ethical. I think mm. when I see in this in this day and age, and I was talking to a relative of mine describing it, it's weird when you see these major corporations purchasing out another another maybe uh, like a company that's not performing well or can easily be bought out Mm. and i think that's dangerous when you have a main company controlling all these other sectors just because they bought them out and i think that eliminates that eliminates the the personality factor because when i worked at amazon i didn't really feel like no one knew me personally to an extent Mm. people asked me to do certain things because I knew I would perform, and that's mm-hmm. different than um, so you're
1: eliminating the beauty i I think I think
2: nowadays it's more of just this is you' are hired here to perform x task yeah. do this and you'll be okay i mm-hmm. think i I wish we could revert back to a society or not a society but maybe more of a business platform where you are all my employees mm-hmm. you know I will I will do my best to support your needs and or just show you that I care about you guys working here. I, mm. You know, this is my name. Like I'm talking about, like CEO coming down and introducing yeah. themselves because there needs to be transparency with what's going on in the business. Mm. And <laughs> not at, like
3: not like a CEO asking you two times what your name is or like, yeah, yeah. you know, right? Not knowing what's going on.
2: Yeah, and and I I noticed that at the facility I worked at, it was mm. just like we had a revolving door of officials at the top that who knew who they were they would just come in and out they would be replaced so quick because they would be advancing it's just like well now you can't responsibly gain a relationship with employees now Mm. i understand i've never been a boss or been never been in charge of a facility of Mm. an of a great amount of employees and i understand it's so lucrative to come down and see who it is but i think just the fact that if those higher ups came down brought themselves to the level of you're at and understand maybe if there's a problem in one area, why is there a problem in one area? Let me go down and figure out, talk to whoever's in charge, what's going on. And then you branch down to the frontline employee. What's going on? What, what are you doing or what's the problems that's holding you up to perfect a better, uh, you know, chain of, of supply. Mm -hmm. And I think there, there's a big absence of that nowadays in this culture where you know, at least if you look at Riverside, it's nothing but warehouses now. And yeah. that, that Riverside County is just going to be nothing but manufacturing and pumping out warehouses. And I don't think that's very healthy for the mindset for for an average employee. Because you'll go into a job and be like, well, I'm just going to do X because that's all they expect from me. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, there's no really growth for me to go up because it's already locked in position. But I wish there were more accountability for the leaders to come down because they can just demand you to do whatever do yeah. do this yeah and then they expect you to figure it out but they don't expect it to be so hard and then mm. they get i could imagine they get upset when it's like well why are we hitting our goal it's like oh because it's really hard to do whatever task you told us to do in a in a manageable time and i think that's my main my main problem with working in warehouses because people are so easy to like do this yeah yeah and then you don't realize how hard it is to do that mm-hmm. and i wish leaders would come down and be like let me try so we can see so we can see what's going on and and factor in those problematic situations so they can better <laughs> solve the problem and of course that comes with leadership skills mm-hmm. and i just I, from at least from working from amazon i just know that those leadership qualities kind of go right out the window when it's the the managers pushing their employees to do better when they're getting rid like rode by their upper chain it goes all out the window they just want you to perform do you have to do 100 packages an hour you know if you don't we'll give you a ride up even though you've been a great employee you show up on time you have a great attitude I think that needs to be all factored in cuz it's like you need to you need to look out for your frontline guys cuz mm-hmm. then they'll get burned out and then they won't want to do anything for anybody because they'll think no one looks out for me. That's why you have people leaving early cuz yeah, they can't take bro, it. Yeah. If you don't have, I mean there's there's a fine line between appreciation and getting a pay bump. For what you do for work. I agree. 100%. That,
3: I agree 100%. like our friend
2: David. Our David at work. He should be getting paid more. He should be in an office doing actual work. He yeah. should do that. And then I just feel. I bought, bottom line. He should be getting paid more. He should be getting paid more. That man
3: works hard as fuck.
2: And, and I think there needs to be more of the ability to see. Oh James you're here on time. For the last eight months on time. Oh you need, a, me. you need a day off bro go take a day off no problem about it you're having a bad day james go do you dude yeah and i wish there was more of that because you want your place to work like wherever you work at you want to be you want to be heard you want to be you, understood you, and,
3: and you don't want to feel like you missing your job is a burden right because that's how i feel dude i remember when you told every me, single time yep. i miss work i literally feel like i'm a burden
1: I mean, I can understand that because obviously someone has it. to pick up like the slack, I guess you could say, yeah, because you're you not do. there. You do.
3: Now. Dude, I hate when I miss work. I literally am thinking I'm making my fucking job other people's burden.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course. And, and I feel like that's probably a pretty normal like human thing to factor in. Um, maybe not everybody thinks like that, but
3: but um, our, but I our like, employer in particular, I yeah. don't think they consider that.
1: Yeah, so I guess uh, to kind of come back uh, with like a different argument, I guess, uh, to to your point, Brandon, is um, so I, I guess it kind of ties into maybe some of the harvesting that Andy was talking about earlier on how I said that like, well, we have more people, so obviously we have to harvest faster. We can't let our natural plants just grow the way they would naturally. Uh-huh, know, yeah, we, yeah. We have to feed more people. So what, what I thought about while, while you were talking, I thought about uh, the differences between a small business and a giant business, or I guess a big business, like right? A corporate Ooh. business, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay. So uh, I'm going to use my brother as an example. You know, yeah, you know my brother.
3: Obviously. By the way, shout out Nick, bro. That's that's a good-ass <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, he's right grinding. There. Yeah. so you know, that, li- that man fucking be putting in work. He's living know. the American dream at best.
1: So I'll I'll use him as an example because he's the closest, you know, business example I have, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, he has a small time coffee business in Redlands, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's Starbucks, right? Okay. So for most people, they're going to look at my brother's business as... Uh, a small business, you know, really connects with the people, tries to um, very local, yeah, very local small business. They want to support, um, obviously, if anybody has ever been on his website, they um, for his company they support uh, women workers in the coffee fields. That's beautiful, yeah, yeah. They support women, you know, their donations go to that when you buy their coffee, right? Now, you have Starbucks on the other end where they're global, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're big time, oh, right? yeah. And the human connection is probably lost because uh, of how big 100%. they are. 100%. Yeah, the human connection is probably lost because of how big they are. Now, when Starbucks first started, um, and I only say this because I went to the original first coffee shop in Seattle. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. Pike's Place. Um, it, was, it looked crappy, it, honestly, yep. compared to all the other shops they have yep. now. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming in the beginning when the person who created Starbucks and that first shop... I'm assuming they had a human connection, and they wanted it to be that human connection. But oh yeah! At some point, they lost control, mm-hmm. and it and turned, they franchised. Yeah, and they franchised, and it turned into like basically how you were talking about with Amazon. It turned into how profit. much production can I get out of this person? How much profit? Uh, yeah, how much profit can I get? How much product can I sell in a day? And you lose that connection. So I think with Amazon, uh, you know. I'm sure a lot of people know Jeff Bezos' story originally. You know, he started off as just selling books. And then now, obviously, we're here years later, and he's selling pretty much everything, right? Um, So my point is, is like, does that mean that every business needs to stay small to have an impact on the world, or or is it wrong for them to try to grow bigger? No, no,
3: no, no. I, I honestly believe wholeheartedly that anything in any aspect in any field of business mm. or even politics, <clears throat> local is the way you change. Mm. Change things. If you if if you can better yourself But is
1: it wrong to go big though? I guess that's it's, the um, it's
3: not wrong to go big as yeah, long LA, as you LA keep your AD morals. Mm. So, as, as long as you keep your company is as, as long as you keep your company morals on an aspect of working with people mm-hmm. rather than working for profit because uh, working yeah. for profit is, is like a whole, it's like a, it's like a devil. Yeah. You know? So,
2: I mean, I agree with Andy cause I don't think you'd need to have necessarily be, uh, a, like a mom and pop shop. Yeah. But I do think they're very valuable. Like for me personally, like speaking on your brother's, mm-hmm. uh, example, being able to just see his little, his little workshop and mm-hmm. having his those machines that he put the blood and sweat in to learn how to do. Yeah. I think what I'm more basing it around is um it's nicer to see mom and pop shops or your brother's coffee shop give a shit about the the customer service. Customer service, customer service the mm-hmm. giving back to women who are harvesting or, or however they are harvesting the coffee. Yeah. Cause to me, I'm more about nowadays that I grow up and learn more. I'm more about what is what. Am, if I spend this money on whatever X product I'm buying, mm. it better be freaking worth it. Mm. Because I don't. I mean, nowadays we, we don't have the money to really just blow off anything. Because I mean, at least I remember in like 2015 when I got hired on the first time at the at, at the bike shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was we were so fortunate to buy anything. At whatever cost it was because it was uh, viably uh, ready for us to purchase. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then now that I've been around in different workspaces and seen just the mass production of things, I would much rather purchase something that's made of quality... And made of people who actually care, like this product. I pray that you know go... it's
3: sourced from where where you're almost kind of around. Right, mm-hmm. and
2: I yeah. think I think there's more. I think we should veer back to more pride of bringing mom and pop shops up, purchasing from them. And and in and, and hopes that the mom and pop shop Has your best interests in mind When you go into somewhere Which they do bro Which they do Because they want you to Like there's nothing better I feel Or if you go into somewhere Or like I went into I, I went recently
3: snowboarding for the first time Oh nice And I went oh, and I, I wouldn't snowboard so bad dude. Oh dude it's fun But I, <laughs> I haven't been Dude you'd love Me it Me neither So it's okay I well, know I would
1: love
2: it you I, know, would love I it.
3: know I would be in love with it
2: It's just a fun experience And I went into a mom and pop shop For rentals And <laughs> just like the vibe they give, they're just like, oh, yeah. You, just the way they bring about themselves.
3: snobby and shit. Like no, that. I yeah. mean,
2: there's a di- obviously there's different levels of people who can deal with that snobbiness. But for me, it's like when I go into a store. And I purchased something. I'm very more purchase conscious than I've ever been before in my life. It's like, where was this source? Is this, 100%, is this, dude, is this made yeah. by someone who was slaving away? Am is I it gonna? Quality? Is it quality? Is, is it made here in the USA or is it made in a neighboring country that's gonna bring quality to this
3: product? Or is that or is that neighboring country now, abusing their people, their to, employees to make these products mm-hmm. now? Like okay. cell phones, bro. Cell phones, let's, Nike shoes. Let's anything.
1: take your snowboarding experience for an example. Now it's a mom and pop shop, right? Rental. As far as I now, know. Now, yeah, okay. Mom and pop. Now, just for you know, uh, for the sake of the argument mm-hmm. and the conversation. Now, what happens, or what? How would your opinion change, or your outlook change, maybe, if that mom and pop shop somehow the owners they. They got an opportunity or somehow their businesses grew to where now they're global like they're, they're snowboarding rentals are all over the world they're they're like a mcdonald's they're mm-hmm. everywhere now would your opinion and uh you know right now your opinion is you love it right because mm-hmm. it's a mom and pop shop they're really helping you mm-hmm. as a new beginner get into snowboarding absolutely now what if they blew up right and Um, maybe in the beginning for their business they never thought about it, Mm -hmm. right? But for some reason their business, uh, they had money coming in, they got an opportunity, whatever. It, It could be many things, right? But what if they got their mom and pop business to go global somehow? Would your opinion of them change and would you still rent from them even though they are now... Uh, a, a global um monopoly or whatever you could call it i guess you know I, what'd that, your
2: opinion change that's a great question um i guess stemming off of that so considering that snowboarding rental place i purchased off of i'm gonna equate it to kind of like an rei hmm. in a sense because you know they're kind of they're around the country yeah they're big you know they stemmed off but they all serve the same purpose mm-hmm. outdoor life having fun um, my point is that if I walk into an, R- an REI or that same snowboard shop here in California mm-hmm. and I was treated well, I would hope and expect that if I walk into any other rental, if I go to the East Coast and walk mm-hmm. into an REI or a rental shop, I hope and expect to be treated the same the same way. Okay. And I think if you carry those same values, like, because I've gone into REI and I've always been helped by helpful people. Yeah and i think if you keep that and you keep those customer relationships going cuz that's the main important important part of it if you make me feel comfortable and not feel like a dumb a dummy mm-hmm. walking in and be like hey i have no idea about snowboards can you teach me and he says absolutely what would you like to know and be okay. like give me the rundown i think for me personally i'm way more happy and willing to lower my defenses and learn from whoever whoever is teaching me and of mm. course it's that's just my main reason if it's if it's chill across the board if i go from here i travel east coast and it's the same experience mm. i would feel better about supporting that company because they seem at least appear to Their be values pro- are all across the board they're projecting the same values like we hire good quality employees to supply you with whatever outdoor accessories and needs that you want to accomplish
1: now the reason I asked that question, because um, I thought it was important, only because there seems to be uh, a culture of a culture of people who um, they loved this small business, right? Mm-hmm. And then somehow this business has gotten global. They've gotten bigger, and the perception for a lot of people, or their opinion. Uh, changed and they now automatically assume that uh, they sold out. Mm-hmm. That's the, the phrase. Absolutely. Oh, oh, they sold out, like blah, I got blah. a good example for you. Fella. Okay, great. Um, and that's why I wanted to ask you the question and just kind of push it because a lot of people don't think the way that you think. They mm-hmm. think that if a small business grows big and they get global and they make more money and you know their business is a bigger success than just that small time little shop that mm-hmm. started it all, they automatically assume, oh, you sold out. Mm-hmm. you're you you're working for the men. you work for the government whatever they're just like that phrase just comes out all you sold out and i i feel like that's bad because not every small business is gonna feel that way and to your point of what you were pointing out or, or to what you were saying is that if you if those family i, I don't know if it's family values but if those values just from those the values f- right? yeah if those values from the first shop really spreads across all their shops and everyone feels the same as they would in that first shop then mm-hmm. that's that's success that's that's something that is valuable you know and and yeah like i said that's why i asked the question because so many people think oh you sold out no you're out. right that's why i asked I,
2: it. I, yeah i think there might be two variables to that cuz <laughs> i think it depends whether that company sells out to I don't want to say Amazon, but let's say they they, they take the... Whole they, Foods with Amazon. <laughs> sure. <laughs> said, I don't want to say Amazon. It's just, there, the, <laughs> it's just the <laughs> quickest one that I can think of. But if Amazon says, hey, we would like to buy your product for mm. X dollars and you do want to Which they do. Which multiple, they do. Bro. And so I think if you go that route, I think you should be prepared to deal with every comment saying, oh, you sold out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to never buying from you again. But I think if that mom and pop said, "Cool, we grow up. We have one solid one. We have enough revenue to open up another one, and then you just keep branching it's, like that." It's
3: crazy though because the consumer they don't even fucking they don't think that they way. they don't even think about that. They no, just think they don't. about what is the fastest thing I can get. Yep. You know, and what is it? What is the best attribution I can add
2: to my life? And so my yeah. example that I brought, I was thinking of. I just watched this incredible doc, uh, like a small. 12 minute video on supreme and it said supreme why are they hated and mm. i kind of had my own idea of like why they're hated because i never liked i never liked supreme as a brand especially now and from like 2015 till now i've seen the growth of it and when i was learning from this documentary they were saying they started out as a skate brand yeah where you could roll into the shop the very first one in new york it was called yeah. union i think it was called union and they would have all the clothes, everything perfectly psychologically designed on the outside, for a skater to roll in. They said, "You don't even have to get off your skateboard; just roll in. There's a plenty of room to roll around. You can you can shop on your skateboard." Now you look at Supreme, and what do you? It's nor- like the
3: highest. What end. do you normally
2: see? It's well, I mean, th- that's what Supreme was about. That's why I found it fascinating. I said, "Supreme was about we understand you're a skateboarder." What's wrong with being a skateboarder and liking high-quality high quality clothes when you're doing some extreme stuff so mm-hmm. they can last longer? Because the owner of the company saw kids rolling in with Carhartts, Dickies, yeah. clothes that would last... It's,
3: it's, realistically, it's the New York skate scene. It's the
2: New York skate scene. They wanted to see what clothes lasted, and then they said... What if we started selling clothes and putting a box logo, you know, and they concocted. The box logo changed everything, And they everything, concocted. Bro. It,
3: and then now when, what? Bro, I literally used to buy Supreme, like like right here. I got right. a Supreme tee on right See? now. I literally have a Supreme tee on right now that I bought in 2011. That's what I'm saying. 2011, bro. Right And here. I
2: remember you still saying That's
3: that. Let's this Terrier Blaze.
2: I remember you Look saying. Look at the back. It says Supreme on the on the top, and yeah. a very Same small, right very small one inch box logo. This shot,
3: this shirt cost me twenty two dollars. Look how long it's lasted you though. Today, today, this shirt would cost me fucking
2: probably over a hundred bucks, right? Over at least two hundred dollars, bro. That's what I'm saying. So I the, have
3: so much Supreme shit that could sell for so much, and it's just. I remember like, you
2: saying that. So that's what their whole brand is about. And I think when you look at it now, they're selling goofy things. They're collaborating with Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. They're collab. They made bricks. They sell everything, so, bro. So now they're Looting slowly. with the box logo. Right. They're slowly starting to turn to niche, mm-hmm. limited edition things. And I think that. Hype beast culture. Hype beast culture. And, I, and they're getting shout along. Shout out to Brian. out to JJ.
1: So you, my, think getting, so, you think they're getting away from their original values? My only two cute.
3: dogs in hype beast culture are Owl Clown. My <laughs>
1: two cousins,
3: <laughs> and, and JJ I, and Brian. I, have I love no
2: you. <laughs> I have no problem with people and kids buying whatever they want with their money that they earned. But mm. I think it's different when you see now, especially with sneakers. You have people buying a yeah, surpl- surplus of these whatever, mm-hmm. whatever item, and now they're scalping people to, to pay things or to buy them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that heightens it, obviously, with the limited amount of things. Of course, that drives the price up. Yeah. But I just think that's a terrible way to go because now you're not catering to your, <laughs> your your very first fan base, which was skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Rough rough and tough skateboarders who are in your face, grinding, doing their thing. Yeah. And I think that's—I mean, of course, maybe that's just more of a of a money mindset. They just want the cash. Mm-hmm. For me personally, if I were to start a brand, I would want nothing more than just to have my brand from word of mouth saying, "Oh no, they're they're top notch. They're they will help you out with whatever needs they have. Just go to them, and they will do their very best to help mm-hmm. you." Because to me, having those relationships, I guess over the long run, at least I could be proud of with saying. Yeah, they, they came to my shop or my retail store because they trusted in, you know, whoever was running at the time, their input, and they trusted them. And I think that's more valuable than saying, oh, yeah, I got a supreme brick that's
1: well, limited you, in quality. You, you impacted them on, like, a personal level. That's way more that's, important. I think that's what it comes down to, and, and um, I, I think I've said it plenty and plenty of times on – multiple guests uh that have been on here um and some of the guests who have asked me like you know what this podcast or what i what i look for i guess for this podcast to be maybe in the future and um and i i hope you know uh for as long as i do this i hope that i always keep that same mindset Mm -hmm. and that like you know no matter where the show's no matter where this show goes I just hope that it it leaves an impact on the people that were involved as guests, and it impacts the people who just listened. Who no no, regardless of how many people listened, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that it impacts their life on a personal level, um, and then you know somehow they they grew from it uh, or or they changed their life somehow. Sure,
2: you know, because um, I think at the end of the day that would make you feel really good. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know? I mean. You know, you never know where this is going to go. You're still doing your... have no idea. You have no idea. I think that's the beauty of it because, you know, at least the episodes I've listened to over the course of how long you've had this podcast running for, it just seems so relaxing just for those participants to come on board, say what they have to say. This is my industry I'm working on. This is what I'm passionate about at this time in my life. And let's just see where it goes. And I think that's valuable for people and it's valuable for a business standpoint because that's that's what I envision mm. growing up and seeing past eras and how they've ran businesses because it is way more important than just making money in my opinion. That's mm. what's so hard for me to find a business that can coincide with my understanding of ethics because mm-hmm. some businesses don't care they yeah. just want nothing but the number the profit they want to be better but it's like i remember being in the trenches at amazon and dealing with peak time and just the lack thereof of support you know no one's really saying you know good job keep it up if it is said that it's kind of low-key a little half-assed yeah yeah they expect you to work that way but you know no one really comes down to the your level and saying hey how are you doing today Hmm. is there is there something i can help you with if not you know we can work around it and i think we need to get back to more getting more personal and communicate communicate better even at where we work now it's kind of like it's a little wishy-washy you know you never really know like andy said if you leave someone will say look at me and says hey you're docking today and i'm just like damn Mm. I got a doc today or something. You know, and I and I don't really take it personal. It just happens because yeah. I mean I remember when Andy was telling I was telling him, well, like, oh man, my back's
3: been my back's hurting and he goes, Dude, I did this.
1: that job for like Bro. a month and a half before I quit. I
3: hated it. Yeah. I remember it. Bro, even then it's like I'll I'll I look it. at Brandon and, and like I know he's coming from another job, coming into work, tired That's as true. fuck.
1: It's true.
3: And I forget about that. And and a lot of times, bro, when I go to work, I literally think if I don't go to work, it's going to make a lot of people's jobs harder.
2: Yeah. You know? And that's how I feel. Same way.
3: And it, And it's literally like almost like a symbiotic relationship in that way where I don't really care about the corporation itself. I care about the people that are working around me mm-hmm. because I don't want them to struggle more than they need to. Mm. You know? And so... In that sense it's like it's like you can take a day off of work but you take a day off of work bro that's that's a whole another day of work for another person mm-hmm.
2: and it's it's a weird it's a weird tight rollback because it's like you're awarded this time to take off or whatever yeah and now I was very when I hindsight now when I look at Amazon I was kind of very thankful because it was a bigger platform for an employee to work within where you had time off if you had a bad day and you have enough hours and you you can say to yourself well i'm gonna get enough hours later on in the road mm. yeah. you could take that time off and you don't gotta tell anybody you yeah. can just leave and we, at lunch and we take our age for granted yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and and when i was working there i was really understanding like i'm wasting my time sitting in this place listening to this worrying machine for other people for other people, and yeah. I'm, especially at the height of COVID, when supposedly we were <laughs> supposed to be only supplying um, actual products that were um, a necessity, essential, vital, Asse- essential. thank you, yeah. thank you, essential. And here I am packing baby toys or something or or bras <laughs> or underwear to people, and I'm like, well, what am I doing? Like, mm. are we And that's where it kind of stems from this whole, even this whole COVID narrative. It's like, what am I doing? Am I actually helping, or? And then you look at it, and then you see, oh, only the rich is getting more richer from this, and like, well, what am I gaining? I'm only, I'm slaving away. Or what is
3: my family gaining? What is my, what, what are all of that?
2: Everything I stand for, basically. Yeah. Hmm. What am I standing for? You know, and that's why I just had to get out. I said I have to leave here because I looked around and I see people. Three times my age, two times my age, suffering, doing the same physical job as I they, am doing. That you it. are doing, yeah. And I just look at them and, he, you know, some of them are saying, yeah, I haven't taken a day off since
3: whenever. I'm like, you're insane. Almost, almost in a prideful way, they, they say that. Sometimes in yeah. a prideful
2: way and other times I've just disheartened me because it's like I'm trying to figure out if I had a family and mm-hmm. I'm working 10 hours a day and something happened and I didn't have hours to leave, there goes my job. Because yeah. if I leave and I'm negative, you know, unpaid time, Amazon is free fire zone for for them to fire you. Yeah, for and the I, point. It on. makes you want to work another job. It makes you want to find, either it pushes you out, either if you're a free thinker and you can't stay trapped in that in that zone, because some people were complacent. They yeah. were just like, oh, oh I'm just going to work yeah. here, and yeah. that's it. Because yep. they see so it's easy. And for some, when I noticed the females were the most – compliant of that because they said well especially the more prettier ones they can manipulate better mm. and they the can buyers, walk yeah. in and they can do their thing and then all of a sudden you see them leaving because they got um vto voluntary time off yes yeah. it's just like you're looking i'm like well i'm slaving here maybe i'm tired have you ever asked me if i wanted to go home have <laughs> yeah. you asked have you asked the highest percentage person if they wanted to go home because that's what matters if if, if a manager can see oh, you don't do anything. Meanwhile, my top guy is over here slaving every day on time has a good attitude. Mm. I would, at least from a leadership standpoint, I would go to them and be like, hey, you want to, take the time off? want to take the day off? If they say no, they say no. Then you move on to the next person. But if they say, yeah, give it to them. Award it to them because then it seems like, wow, my manager kind of cares because I have a really bad problem with those that I see who kind of scrape by. And I'm then- going
1: to assume that managers cut the... Cut the weak ones and keep the strong ones. That's yeah, the way I feel. You're
3: it. absolutely right. And that's, that's the, the only it. reason why I still have my job. I, yeah. do. <laughs> I honestly believe that's the, the only reason why I still have my job because regardless of what time I show up, bro, I fucking, I do my job. Again.
2: You, well, that's why I, I don't. <laughs> like I,
3: literally, literally. The only reason why I think I have my job is because I do my job.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I think that's, I think (laughs) you're, I think you're incredibly right because when other people come or if you don't show and someone tells me to dock, it's going to be bare minimal. It's going to be bare minimal and I'm going to be just stacking things together Yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But for Andy, you know, when he comes in. I do a lot. I literally feel like I do a lot. You do a lot. And that's why I don't. I was breaking it down to others. I was like, I don't care if you don't do put-away. I don't care. Or if, if I show up late. I don't care if you don't clean. I don't care, whatever. Because at the end of the day, when you hear that alarm, you slowly walk over there and you dock, whatever. And and
3: and, and you, you know what? I don't leave until fucking 2.30 latest. That's what
2: I'm saying. <laughs> you're like,
3: literally, I don't leave until 2.30 latest.
2: And my whole, yeah, I guess wherever we stand off from, I guess my whole point is, it's like, it needs to, we need to start figuring out how to appreciate the frontline workers Mm -hmm. because whatever the pay may be if it's 15 16 the appreciation factor can help someone stay with that company longer oh yeah yeah despite the pay but there will be a time in in life where you say i need to start making more and then you eventually leave Yeah. yeah but at the same time if you're staying there and you're putting in the hours whether I mean if you're on time or whatever, even for, I guess in Andy's case, you still do I'm a lot. You still do a <laughs> lot
3: of work. I'm the latest motherfucker that has ever been in I, life. I'm only saying
2: that because <laughs> I'm only saying that because it's crazy. even when I'm not, if I take time off, I'm always hesitant on asking if I can t- take time off from the current company I work at because yeah. I know the fact if I'm not there, it's. It's a bur- <laughs> All, it feels that weight, like a burden right? that weight's gonna be put on someone else yeah. and if you don't have strong teammates that can lift up and be like hey no problem take your time off you know do you we got it covered it's yeah. hard So that's the
3: thing I love that I know that me and you are both on that mentality that if if you need a day off I'm not gonna ask questions Right. if I need a day off I know for a fact that Brandon is not asking questions
2: mm. nope
3: it's I just, just know he's we, doing him. It's just damn, he's got something going on. We're gonna get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
2: Whenever they ask me to dock or something, I'm like, all right, I'll I'll get it done because I yeah. understand because I know like certain. And there's
3: always an appreciation for each other, you know, and I and I feel like at the at the bottom line, within the employees themselves, there's always an appreciation of like, I know that you're taking this time, I'm gonna get you, and I know that it's gonna come back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's but just dependent on the, the em- group of people. Too. But the employers might not always see that.
1: Well, yeah, the the employers are, I guess the higher ups they're gonna look at it differently. They're just gonna look at it, an employee taking a day off and I they to figure out what to do. Our when our that
3: actual takes it our on. actual 100%. boss has told me before, like, look, dude, I I don't care about yeah. you coming in at this certain time. Yeah, but I just want you to know. They care.
1: Yeah, yeah. The higher ups, of course, because they see it as because because they see our, it differently.
3: Our, our boss has told me multiple times, like yeah. he's like, "Bro, like I know you're a good worker. I know you're like we can count on you, but the fact that you're not coming in at the right time yeah. is affecting what they think about you. Well, and it's affecting what they think about us. That's and I'm the, like, damn, I hate that. I'm sorry.
1: That's the disconnection between. I guess the employer and the employee, at least in that aspect. But, but I
3: also, I have, a, I honestly have an underlying feeling every single day at work that I'm not cared about. Uh, yes. Dead ass. Yes. I don't, I like, like a hundred percent. I don't yes. feel like I'm cared about. Mm. So then that kind of leads the tone of how, of how I show up. But once I show up, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And I have to agree with Andy. Cause I mean, even, you know, one well, mm-hmm. the times we've done projects, and recently uh, a coworker of mine have done projects, and you know, sometimes you know you'll get the occasional.
1: You're I'm getting a- old, bro. <laughs> you gotta go piss again. No, no, I'm gonna go a beer. Oh, okay, no, never okay. mind. <laughs> Give me another beer, man. I just put him on blast for no reason. Dang. Never mind.
2: Well, <laughs> never mind. What I'm what I'm saying is, don't it's don't like worry, you know, James. You know the 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 yeah. fact. You know the fact that, uh, oh, I'm good. The, the appreciation, the appreciation <laughs> factor.
1: Just drink a water too, Andy. All right. <laughs> All right. The, yeah, yeah grab yeah. a water. Just just grab a few. You, yeah, yeah. You hydrate, baby. It. Yeah, hydrate. Right your fridge. <laughs> Wait, there's a problem with my fridge? Oh, there's a problem with this mini fridge, dog. Up, my guy. <laughs> Man, you never opened a mini fridge before? What's wrong with you, <laughs> <laughs> <fucking> strong, <laughs> right. Or maybe he's just weak, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, I, I keep mean, going. the stem off Andy's
2: that the whole appreciation factor is real. I mean, I don't 100%. think, I don't think, uh, like, maybe I don't think managers are some. Uh, I'm just gonna say leaders as a loose term. Hmm. Leaders understand a pizza like, party ain't enough.
1: Well, I think a manager, <laughs> I think the difference between a manager and a leader is way different. Correct. I mean, I mean, our current.
2: Our I know. current position is, it, it's a, it's an up and a down, but it just depends on how the manager or leader goes about explaining like, hey, whatever you, in this project you completed, hey, I really appreciate you guys, yeah. you know, <clears throat> putting the that time. That project we did? Putting the time in and actually doing it. I mean, there, there was.
3: Honestly, our, our the fact that our boss told us that he appreciated what we did. Bro, me and Brandon had to do some fucking grimy shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I believe you. Uh, talking, I, I'm talking... I'm talking... I think Brandon told me about it yeah. when we went, uh, the to, show, the went to the golf the drive course. Range, yeah, yeah. driving.
3: She told me about it. We had to literally take off the dustiest shelves. And that shit was literally like... I was sitting there like, damn, this is not good for our health.
1: Yeah, no, I, I remember... I When he was talking about it, I remember... That from my time there, I get it. I mean, yeah, I mean. and
3: I, I try not
2: to like I guess bitch about it too much. Yeah, I mean, because in a sense, it's like, man, I mean, this stems off to a greater point of, of my of my life going up and worth ethic. Because then I look at recently, I stumbled upon an old or a, a, a YouTube channel talking about an abandoned mine, and then this gentleman would walk <laughs> oh, around. Oh yeah, you
3: told me about this. Yeah, yeah, he
2: would walk around and he would find these. Old mining artifacts, settle- settlements, artifacts, and this, these old, old school ways of mining uh silver out of these out of these California uh you know mountains, okay. And just the the fact the sheer will to get these this mineral out of this earth is just astronomical because these guys are in Death Valley dealing with mining in this thing with candles, lanterns and here i am complaining about lifting dusty dusty boards
3: off but then not was, only that bro think about but, the people that mine the fucking like the mine the metal for cell phones
2: oh yeah right and i just think it's like well am i being Like, am I being a sissy about this because I have to list (laughs) list dusty boards off to get this done?
1: I get your point.
3: By the way, the dustiest of boards. Yeah. So I'm I, telling you, I like every single board me and Brandon lifted. We had to fucking turn our way when we yeah. like we, let we literally go. had to turn away because every single fucking board we lifted was just dust spitting in our face. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I get your point. And I'm allergic to that.
3: <clears throat> about you are, you have asthma. I get I'm your asthma. point about maybe like
1: <gasps> what are you uh, like what are you bitching about, I guess, in, in that sense, right? So, right. I get your point, right. <clears throat> Um, but it, it, it's kind of something I always talk about with people. It, it, I, I think even my mom, too, is that it's really hard to put yourself into the shoes of another person. It is. Especially from another person that lived in a different time. It is. you know. And, and this is why I go back to my point from, what, an hour and a half ago, whatever, about how like each generation seems to judge the next generation on the fact that like oh you have it easy blah blah or whatever it may be, because it's really hard to put yourself in those shoes. So like I, and I respect you for like, I guess coming to a realization or a point about how like what are you bitching about? Mm-hmm. When the generation before me had all to do the time. This. So I get that point. Yeah. Um and I get the aspect of that. Which
3: I know I know you know because yeah. when you were working at our job, <sighs> yeah, I could see it in you. Mm-hmm. Like you were literally like. Yeah. Our purpose is greater than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so I understand it, but I feel like you guys are just maybe not even you guys, just our generation or our people in general, don't give yourself such a hard time, just because you didn't live in a different generation or a different time. Not,
3: yeah, a hundred. Don't give yourself bro. such I a think hard you're time. Right.
1: I feel there's like too many people who just beat themselves down to a pulp because they're like, oh, like, our ancestors. I'm not doing this.
3: I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm now.
1: not doing this. I'm not doing that. I get it. Like, you're not, but you still have your own struggles with this society nowadays I, in this generation that you're living in. Which
3: everyone by. fucking has their struggles, bro. Mm-hmm. And, and and at this point, it's like, I remember talking to you. We'd be talking and, mm-hmm. you know, working the job that I work right now. Yeah. Me and you would be talking. You were in inventory. Mm-hmm. I could tell you were like over it. Oh yeah, definitely. And every time we'd we yeah, have that last all, year, I was like, Whoo. And I remember every time bro, the craziest thing is we would yeah. have conversations and you always were like, bro, this would be a great podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. You always are talking about podcasts like, <laughs> man, this would be a good conversation to have. And look at you now, bro. Shit,
1: we're here two two years later probably, I think. I know, dude. Two and, years later. and
3: I'm talking I'm literally talking like this man James was Working inventory job.
1: I have a funny comment about that, too. Uh, I was thinking about it before this podcast. This is definitely not connected to anything we're talking about right now. But so <laughs> um, since I have had people who, you know, I worked with formerly you know, yeah. on the show, con- including yourself, you know, but you guys are more yes, friends sir. than coworkers. But <laughs> I think about it. So uh, on the streaming apps for the podcast, you know, yeah. it's your adventure podcast by Dustin Emery. Right. Everybody I worked with at my former job knows me by my middle name, which is James. Yeah. So you guys call me James. James, yeah. Everyone else calls me Dustin. It, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, like
3: one of the main people that calls you James. No, I know. And everyone calls you, everyone else calls you Dustin.
1: No, I know. It, I think about and it I'm now. like,
3: I don't know him as Dustin. I know it's it no, James.
1: I know, because like, I get phone calls from from Brandon, and I get phone calls from G.
3: Um, I know G <clears> calls you James yeah. or Dustin like he uh, calls you Dustin. A long- oh, no, no, he calls me James. Trevor was the main person.
1: Trevor was the one that was different, only because he was a cousin, so I, there was a disconnect That's your fam, there. Yeah, yeah, there was a disconnect. But yeah, everyone else that I work with from my former job, like um, that I've had on the show, I always introduce the as show James. With, as no, oh, I, no, as Dustin. Yeah, yeah I always introduce the show as Dustin. And I always think about it like, damn, they must think that's so weird at first because everyone else knows me as James from that job. Yeah. It's always so weird to like see that. Um, I don't know. For some reason, when I started that job, I was like, you know what? I want to go by my middle name. I don't know why. That you know? is weird. But I know? was just like, yeah, that's what I want to do with, with my I, life. For a this minute, moment. I
3: was like, should I call him Walker. <laughs> so okay so you know what's what fu- is that bro what is that no
1: you know what's funny well cause I do have two middle names but what's funny about that is years later when people did find out that I had two middle names they are like why did you pick James over Walker I was like you should've picked Walker and I was like I don't know cause mainly the reason Walker's what- a dope name bro. I know, I know. <laughs> that's a dope ass name so the way. reason I didn't pick Walker it might be dumb but like the only reason I didn't pick it was because of Chuck Norris so famously, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain, Famous, famously, if I can say that word right, Chuck Norris used to be uh, a part of a, a top, you know, TV show called yeah. Walker Texas Rangers. Yeah, 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 Walker, Ranger. And yeah. uh, when I was a kid, I had a few teachers and few classmates that used to call me Walker instead, um, for some reason, I don't know why. But they always connected Walker to that fucking TV show. Yeah. They're like, oh, Walker Tank is How Texas could they not? Ranger. You yeah, they're like, Walker yeah. Texas Ranger, you're so cool, blah, blah. <laughs> so I just hated it from then on. So I never wanted to use it. And really? That was basically it almost reason. felt like
3: pretentious?
1: Yeah, I guess. So that was really the only reason I never used it. I was like, you know, I'm going to go with James and not Walker. Just fuck that. But Walker sounds better than James. I give you that.
3: And I've never used Dustin. Never not once no i know i know nah. you. i know you guys haven't that, i knew you and James then i've well. always you heard your brother been. like yeah dustin oh well, well, yeah my brother when brother, he used to
1: work there he got confused all the
3: time your brother and trevor were the only ones dustin dustin yep. dustin and, and, dustin. and, and uh, um tristan sometimes tristan, when he tristan. worked there or for, tristan my bad yeah yeah he, well
1: no no you, you got trevor right he, he, he would called enter. me dustin yeah. Yeah. no trevor tristan, did but tristan when he was there for like Six months yeah, or something Shout out Tristan bro he, That's he, my dog he, he, he would use my real name <laughs> He but. would
3: That one night bro <laughs> Wait which night are we talking about It was like me, you, uh, Tristan and, and G bro And we went to the that gas station uh, Was doing work? Off day it was, We went gas to the station. gas station off day We we got beers We got stoves And we went back to uh, Jensen parking lot Oh yeah, you know, we were just all night, bro. Just it was like before podcasts were like hot, mm-hmm. and we were just talking all night. And we we're like, "Dan, this would be good. This would be good if we just fucking, put we it just on press there. record. And, yeah, we just press record. Just press record. We're I just know. in that old lot, like right before you get to Jensen. Mm-hmm. You turn left in that Pepsi lot.
1: Yeah, the the oh, well, that's a right lot that really Singapore is never Canyon. used, honestly.
3: No, we still don't.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember that from uh, uh, um, Justin's brother, John. Remember John? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But like, you guys both, know said, you, yeah. You, yeah you, I know you. Cool.
3: You always were like, "Damn, man, we should be recording this shit or something." That's what I'm
2: saying, dude. His, his podcast, James's Jason, podcast, is gonna go places,
1: whether you like it or not. But we'll see what happens, dude. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, dude, we just, we just hit the four hour mark. I guess it's time to wrap <laughs> it up. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. time to wrap it up. I feel like we're ending, uh, or no, not ending. I feel like we're reaching an ending point. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe think, so. Uh, maybe
2: so. Then we'll yeah. be back on another time.
1: Four hours and three minutes.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby.
1: That's some Joe Rogan shit. I never thought I would do a four hour podcast, but, uh, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll definitely bring you guys back on. This is fun. This no, was I different. Think, I this think was, so. Hey, I feel like this, this was a different. good ass
2: time, man. I think so.
1: This was a lot different than uh, what I normally do. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, well but returning I very much appreciate it. returning guests is a different element, really, because I can't do the same format as I did with the first one because no. everyone already knows that person.
2: Mm-hmm. 100. So it's like,
1: oh, what do you do with a returning guest? That's different. Know, that's
2: good. Well, I also liked your other school <laughs> for thought thought process. I think that's. It could that be just, really only
1: happened because of COVID. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it could just be just a simple monologue of maybe you talking about you know specific events or something of that nature, and just yeah. you know getting your two your two cents out there. But it's a good it's a good placement. How are, for how it. have you felt about your individual
3: podcast?
1: Um, uh, I think I still got room to grow. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, I think I need to make it a little bit better than what it is. Um, it's a craft,
3: though, huh? It's yeah, yeah it it has has be, working, you're working as a craft, craft, bro.
1: It, it's different because, uh, so like when you guys are talking, you know, there's thoughts going through my head, you yeah. know, and, and I'm, you know, uh, taking in the information that you guys are saying so I can come up with stuff, you know, in my head and think, you know, I want to ask this or I want to ask that, you know, as a host. But when you're by yourself it's different.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> it's bro. different. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um so I the, feel like, I feel like I could probably go on by myself, yeah. but I just I know that when you're not getting something back, yeah. It's different.
1: So the less individual episodes uh I can do the better, honestly. Really? I, yeah. I mean I, I love the guest interaction more. To to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Well it seems more um,
2: satisfying, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it's definitely something more to bounce off of.
1: Um but you know, it's something I wanted to come up with, just uh, I'm sure the burner, individual in ones are,
3: are are exciting though.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different, for sure. Mainly because I'm trying to like not mess up, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Yeah. You know, when you're with the guest it feels a little bit
3: different. I feel like you should f- you should feel like it's just <clears throat> you flowing with ideas. So, yeah. Yeah. You
1: know? But like you said, you know, a few seconds ago, it, it, there's no feedback.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know? there's yeah. no one to kind of like rebuttal what you just said. You know, I and, and I tried to do that with you guys today, just like on like you know your facts and stuff. Like, there's nothing to rebuttal what I said. It's funny you know? though, because when there's I listen
3: nothing. when I listen to your first solo episode, oh, it's crap. I, no, no, no. It's not even. It's not even that it's crap. It's just like I was. I was thinking in my head like. <clears throat> I just wish I could just say something <laughs> Yeah I,
1: I guess that's the I guess that's the best point Honestly, yeah There's no one to rebuttal what I said What but I said is basically true That makes yeah, it
3: very enticing to listen to, dude Yeah
1: <clears throat> Because there's no one to rebuttal?
3: Yeah, exactly So it, it leaves that open stream of thought for, for Oh, for people, the individual listening 100% It's mm-hmm. a good way you to
1: do it You just gotta
3: at. keep a concrete flow of ideas, you know
1: Yeah well, it's it's uh, still in the process. It's new. But, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um,
3: yeah. Uh, I, I, but 100%, and I know I can speak for Brandon when I say this, we appreciate what you're doing, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You appreciate
1: yeah. it, man. So I'll bring you guys whether, back Whether gone. you
3: believe it or not, yeah. bro, this is such a platform. I appreciate that. Yeah, this gonna, is therapeutic for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to go good. home <laughs> and feel good,
2: and I'm just going to feel you know clear-minded. It's uh. just nice. That's good. I'm hit man. That zaza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna be clear-minded and drunk, but that's good. That's
3: good. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time, brother. Nah, I appreciate I you know, having us on, man. Yeah. Close man. us out, brother.
1: Uh yeah. Um, this was today's episode. It was quite a ride. Flip cup, uh, a lot of drinks, a lot of topics discussed. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, this is the 40th episode, guys, of your adventure podcast. So uh Four zero. tune in next time for the next episode. We'll see you soon. Woo! Yeah.
0: You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off.